0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Basement Side Chats. I'm Deeg. I'm here tonight with Def Camp and Melderon. What's up, guys?
1: Hey, hey, hey. how you doing? How's everyone? I'm
0: doing good. This is a stressful week here in the U.S., but uh, I'm struggling through. How about you guys?
2: So it's been pretty good, interesting yeah. Uh, time. Yeah, it's been yeah. It, this is, uh, unprecedented in a lot of ways. Uh, most votes out of any election in the U.S. history, so this has been...
0: Right, on both sides. Yeah. Like, they're both... Yeah. Each side of the election has set a record for the most number of votes for a candidate. That's it's crazy. It, it is. is.
2: Yeah. You I know, this is. Realizing that I think the pandemic a lot to do with it. Honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, with the mail-in vote thing and all. But I don't know. I'm, I've been uh, liking a lot of the memes that have been coming out of this as well. So a lot of uh, <laughs> trying to, keep, you know, it's it's very serious. You know what I mean? So you got to kind of try to uh, to take uh, some some have some fun out of it. But you know, yeah. I right. think a lot of people are. Uh, on the edge of their seats, just waiting to hear, you know, what's going to happen. But in the meantime, we can play WoW, so. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, look, this isn't a political podcast by any stretch of the imagination, Mm. but, like, I feel like, you know, normally, like, my my life looks like this. I have my 9 to 5, and then after my 9 to 5, I deal with my wife, and then after I deal with my wife, I get to do my gaming thing. And I get to that part of my day this week, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on with the election? I can't stop thinking about it, so. Yeah. I figured we just get it right out of the way. Um, now, I'm in a state where my vote doesn't feel like it counts as much. Um, but are, are you guys located in one of the battleground states?
1: Oh, yes.
0: Oh, Yeah, I see. we are in
1: Pennsylvania. And um, it's, uh, you know, it definitely feels like... What's uh, the vibe? So the, it, it's, it's crazy, right? Because, like, you know, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of like late, you know, and like the, like the, a lot of the ballots are still coming in and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's just, I think everyone's just kind of like waiting to see what size, like an nail biter, you know what I mean? And, you know, obviously everyone knows that it's a very important state for, uh, for either candidate. So it's mm-hmm. definitely, um, definitely you know i feel like you know for the first time like you know your vote really counts in a way you know what i mean so i'm glad that i voted yeah
2: i think like no matter what side of the uh, ballot you're on i think you've had a lot of ups and downs in your emotional state in over the last couple days in pennsylvania like you you know uh republican side was actually no it was like democrat first like like very start and then uh trump started to take the lead Mm -hmm. and then Biden came back again. It was like so it was like these undulating like leads that just kept happening. So no matter what side of the ballot you're on, you're probably like flipping out if you're a Pennsylvanian. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's been a roller coaster ride. So for those who aren't listening to this live, we're talking on Friday, the sixth of November, uh, three days since since uh counting started, and we still no winner has been declared yet in Pennsylvania. It looks like Biden will win, but
1: uh, yeah, it looks it looks it looks like Biden will win because I think a lot of the uh, mail-in ballots are being counted now. You know, yeah, what I mean, so yeah. yeah,
0: interesting times. Well, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens, and hopefully, hopefully, all this annoying politics and president stuff doesn't distract us gamers too much from doing the important things in life, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of,
0: um, for those of us listening who aren't familiar with you guys and your work, why don't you boys introduce yourself?
1: Good. Definitely. Yeah, why don't you start, Mel? Okay. you want me to go? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can start. I can start. Older brother goes first. There you go. There it goes. There it goes. Age before beauty. So, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: so my name is Meldoron. I uh, we run a channel on YouTube um, called Def Camp Meldoron TV, and it's uh, started during the last, uh, right after the NAS shut, uh, shutdown in 2016. I started making videos, and uh, the primary goal of the channel was to build up hype for Classic WoW. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of transitioned a little bit from that into guides, guide type content, and even some community content. But initially, it was just trying to tell people how great this game was and why Blizzard should bring it, bring it back. And um, and currently, right now, it's you know when the game came out, we kind I kind of slowed down on the videos a little bit leading so leading up to Classic WoW, it was like a lot of videos, right? And right. then like the game came out, and to be honest, I've been playing it a lot, so it's one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like you know. Videos come out on a semi-regular clip right now. Um, we are preparing for TBC, so more videos will be coming out for TBC if it does come out. Um, and that's kind of how my channel works. I, I mean, like, Def Camp streams is a little bit differently, but for, from the video side of things, I try to kind of um, hype up the game a little bit and then mm-hmm. kind of, like, get into the actual play and then just kind of do some updates as the game comes out. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think for for me, like Mildaron said, you know, it's always... Um, you know, we had worked together on some videos and you know some stuff had in the past, but I think you know a lot of our content focuses on. Uh, you know, Meldron is one of the I'd say probably biggest. You know, he's really sh- big high in the Shaman community, so he's got a lot of Shaman content uh, on the on the channel. A lot of healer content on the channel. Um, we, we're both healers in Classic WoW, so hmm. um, and something that I want to do more in TBC is you know I I, I personally um, you know, I, I wish I kind of did make more priest content uh, in uh, for Vanilla, but um, when I really started, I, so my first character was a rogue, and we can you know talk about this later. But I, I really started getting heavy into priest and into healing in TBC. Um, I've I, you know I did like every raid. Uh, I did a lot of PvP on my priest in TBC, and I even you know did it on private servers again you know late uh, you know a few years back. Um, so coming with TBC coming out now, I want to do a lot more um, guide stuff with priests, because I mean, that's, you know, TBC priest is my all time, you know, favorite, uh, class and spec, you know, combination. Mm. So I'm really excited to uh, hopefully do some work with TBC priest in, uh, in, in the, in the coming years, you know?
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll dig into it more later, but there's also the big question of what, what will classic TBC look like? How will that transition occur? I know that there are a lot of people talking about that, um, a lot of worries about the economy being broken right from the start.
2: Mm. Mm. So yeah. that's a yeah. <clears throat> good. I, I think definitely has a lot to say on this point because, not, I, yeah,
1: yeah, I, I for one, um, am not as worried as most people I think are um, about the economy, and I mean I, you know, I definitely do think that there should probably be some some steps taken to hinder the amount of gold that people can come into tbc with um but the thing is is the economy in classic right now is a lot different than the economy was in vanilla wow and to expect that that's going to be any different in tbc is kind of you know you're kind of you know i i don't know what you're thinking you know we're going to see a different type of economy in tbc mm-hmm. a lot of people are going to have a lot of gold and things are going to be, you know, probably the way they are now in classic with the Mm -hmm. economy uh, just in a TBC facet. Right. So I'm not too worried about it. I think, you know, back in, in, you know, the, the day when TBC did come out, you did have a lot of people knowing that, you know, certain things were going to be big, like jewel crafting. people knew that they were going to need a lot of money for mounts and things like that. Um, So people had the, the information, but you know, we have that at a bigger and a much more um you know larger uh way now I think mm-hmm. uh, with classic. But I'm not so worried that it's going to ruin the economy. I think things will even out eventually. You know what I mean? They always kinda do sure. uh, with the economy. So I'm not too worried about that.
3: Sure.
0: <clears throat> this well, is we'll some good
1: yeah good points. Yeah.
0: Anything to add, Eldron?
1: Um not
2: necessarily. I, I, I think I think Dev hit the nail on the head or nails in the head. Um I think that the gold cap thing is really hard. It's it's really hard to say what that should be mm-hmm. or, if it, or if it should be implemented. At so this all. is the I idea
0: mean, I, that like yeah. in order to get into TBC, you either roll a fresh character or you transfer a 60 from a like a, like a vanilla realm. Like, so th- th- right. we're making a few assumptions about that. If Blizzard went a different direction and just said, Hey, all vanilla servers are now TBC servers. Um, if, if they literally recreated the path that we all, well, many of us went down, uh, back in 2007, then it'd be a moot point. But yeah, if you're doing the transfer, they can easily restrict uh, Liquid Gold.
1: Exactly.
2: Right. And I think, you know, transfer is probably the best bet because um, it's an MMO. Uh, people want to have this sense of uh, continuity, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to, why get Scarab Lord, High Warlord, yeah. uh all these things, if you're not going to be able to take it into the next expansion, right? So assuming that they do that, I personally don't think they should continue the servers. I think that they should, uh, actually, copy or or have some kind of a transfer going from one server to another because we, you know, serve servers like Scarum that we play on that is has no alliance population. It's like 10 percent. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I think that's the that's the plan. And then, like, if there is a gold cap, what is it? Um, how does that does that affect people from buying raw materials and then making yeah. a fortune? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. So it, I go back and forth on whether it even needs to be done. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Because um, there are ways so around it, it by just filling up your bank with very valuable things.
1: Right, exactly. Right. It's really funny, though, how the community gets stuck on like a few things. Like, you know, one big thing that I heard way back in the day was, you know, let's do TBC without flying mounts. You know, flying mounts are this huge, uh, horrible thing. It's uh-huh. like, it, it, I don't understand how, you know, I think that's such a. That would be such a huge integral change to TBC. Um, you know, we were t- we were joking. You know, I joke with North all the time because he's team elevator, right? He wants to put elevators <laughs> everywhere, um, where so you can you know get to uh, elemental plateau with elevators. You can get to uh, oh, no uh, 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 yeah, the R.I. Right. and all yeah, with all right. elevators and all this kind of stuff. I'm <laughs> like, dude, you're out of your mind. There's no way they're gonna do that. You know, to make such a big change to the game to Take flying mounts out, that's never going to happen. Let's focus on the things that we really can try to achieve, uh, and try to make these servers better. Try to get smaller servers with a less crazy population. Let's try to focus on getting the uh, the factions balanced and things like that. Let's let's get the bots out. You know, Blizzard made a huge change about with uh, which I was really happy to see. And we can, I really want to talk about this with the uh, uh, multi boxers. Um, so you know this is this was something that i've been trying to i've been talking about for a while now and i i always said i don't understand blizzard can't makes enough money from multiboxers to uh to ver- to basically you know say like oh it's worth it for us because mm-hmm. it ruins so many players experience you know whether they um it's it's pay to win i mean like it's that easy it's a pay to win you know uh sp- Scenario,
2: you know,
1: right. having multi boxers. So I like to try to focus on like the, the real, realistic things. I don't think mm-hmm. flying mounts are that bad. I mean, like, yeah, are there some downsides of flying mounts? Absolutely. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, so just to know, roll just it up, see,
0: like the classic yeah. arguments, the classic argument against flying mounts is that mm-hmm. it literally separates you from other players. And the point of an MMO like WOW or WOW Classic is to socialize, is, is to do things together. Right. And flying mounts push people apart. Um, yeah. and in, in my, my impression of it or my recollection is that in burning crusade, um, it wasn't as big of an issue because flying mounts were constrained to the outlands. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I don't, we'll see how the way the economy shook out, but my impression was most people didn't have early access to flying mounts too. Um,
2: <coughs> I didn't get it. I didn't get an epic flying mount to wrath of the Lich King.
1: Yeah. yeah. They may have had a flying mount, but it was yeah. the slow one, and most people, if they're trying to get somewhere, they would use their regular mount, and if they had to go up, they would use their, their flying mount. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah. And you would have maybe ten percent of the players or so with epic flying. Um you're gonna see definitely a lot more people with epic yeah. flying, I think, in classic TBC. Yeah. Um but, It seems you know, like just it, general
0: that the distribution of players along the skill curve is is much more weighted towards the top end. Yeah. Like just, just in general, talking about the way that Playing the game has changed over mm-hmm. over 15 years. Um, yeah, access to information, like as exemplified by the channel you put so much time into Melderon, right, is so much higher. Streams like you def can't the ones you do. Nothing like that used to exist. I remember back in the vanilla days, I was playing on my warrior and I was frustrated by how slow my guild was going. I was trying to figure out how to maximize my performance, our performance. And I was like scanning the elitist jerk forums and trying to message people to learn things. And man, it was really hard to get good information on what was actually effective. Because I also think there was a tendency to hoard knowledge in order to compete against other guilds for that, that kind of thing. Like that, that, that group of people was small enough that you actually could compartmentalize information. Whereas now it's basically impossible. Because everyone's streaming, and right. even if you figure out something cool, someone's just gonna look at your vod and copy you. Um, exactly. Yeah. So. And elitist
2: jerks back then was the only really theory crafting group. Like there was, um, <clears throat> there were theory crafters, but it was it was kind of like I think this thing happens at a thirty yeah. percent rate. Whereas yeah, exactly. elitist jerks were the only people actually testing things right. and saying like this. This is a proc rate of this percent. This is a mm-hmm. you know. And thank God they were open about that stuff because. Um, you know, everyone, it was like the Dark Ages, basically, right? Like, no one knew anything. Uh, but I think you're right about the whole skill thing with with one caveat. I think that, um, like you said, I I think Asmongol says this a lot, too, and a lot of people say this, is that this, the skill of the average player has increased over time. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't think that's true. I just think there's more information available, right? Like, mm-hmm. um Classic is a very simplistic game when it comes to rotations, for the most part. So it's very hard to. I don't want to. I don't want to say people aren't good at. it. I'm just saying, like, I think the there's the same percentage of people that are very, very good at the game as there was. But in any in any game,
3: mm-hmm. I just
2: feel like there's less there's less variables in classic well than there is in retail well when it comes but, to rotation, gearing, things like that.
1: But what about all the players now? Like, you know, I would say. A lot more players now keybind and macro, whereas a lot of, you know, and that, that's a huge, that right there, just players, you know, having macros and key, and, and actual using keybinds is a lot, uh, is a huge, uh, actually, I think, thing that actually does make the player base better and more I responsive. Agree, but, then then the,
2: but then the parchment wouldn't exist, right? 99 percentile exists because, because you have to be in the top 1% to be in that percentile. Yeah. Right. So like, there's still people 98, 97, all the way down to zero.
1: Right, so but the I, average I, I, player yeah. is better now than they were then. I think, like, uh, I, if I we're think... talking
2: about vanilla, well, yes, yeah, yeah, it's across the board, right? But I still think you have this pers- from zero to hundred percentile of 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 people that are you know good, right? So you have right. the top percentile is still one hundred percentile. So I think there's still room. There's still like this spectrum of of, of uh, um, um, talent, mm-hmm. right? So I, I just want to say like. Everyone, I think what I'm trying to say, like, TLDR, is everyone memes that classic is an easy game, but there's still this spectrum of people, right? And there's still the top 1% and the top 2% that that do very, very well and know the idiosyncrasies to make these simple uh, rotations do more, right? They, mm-hmm. know, they know exactly what gear they need. And they know they use the right consumables, the right engineering trinkets. They, you know, uh,
0: yeah, That, so that mentality is it. is still, like, common between people who played back then, people who played now. Like, there are people who want to get the most out of it. Um and yep. Yeah, like yeah. Your, your point, Melder on about there'd be more access to information. Um, I also think like to sprinkle on top of what you guys have already said, which I agree with everything, is that um I think WoW Classic is not really anyone's first MMO. Whereas WoW Vanilla yeah. was yeah. a lot of people's first MMO. It was my first MMO RPG. Same, Same here. Mm-hmm. So like
1: Same.
0: um the idea of, of key binding is something a lot of people learn in their first game. Mm-hmm. Um and also, they learn by seeing, which is something that we couldn't really easily do back in two thousand four, two thousand five. But now, watching games is, is is extraordinarily common. In fact, it's almost impossible to avoid.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, how many? Uh, you know, I'm sure you you guys, uh, when you're doing your 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 guild stuff, you 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 lean on pointing your guildies to guides and and things to watch. Be like, hey, learn about this fight before you come in. Don't make me teach you everything. I, that was coming back <laughs> in the day too, but back then it that's was exactly, websites. That's
2: exactly what I say, actually. We really? Yeah. yeah. Exactly what I say to yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm like, guys, like, I'm very like, I don't know. I'm very clear, clear. Like, I, I don't really sure code things. Like, I'm like, guys, you know, this video, please watch this video. I'm not going to explain every single little detail. Like the cloth fight. Okay. Uh, where a may mages have to kite the, the chow in the back. Uh-huh. I literally said in the mage channel, "I am not going to explain to you how to do this. You have to know how to do this yourself." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not a mage. You need to know how to do this, right? So, and, and they did, and they and then we one shot Gloth on the P- on our PTR.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm.
2: we were able. To, they they obviously did it. So they they were watching it and. But yeah, I, I uh, yeah,
0: I would say that successful leadership happening right there.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we we, 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 try, we try we try. I think I think most of our guild really enjoys being with us. We um we have a lot of fun. We get stuff. have come done. a long
1: way. We've come a long way from where we it were definitely has. What's yeah. the name of your guild? Yeah. Eden.
0: Eden Shout on out
1: scary. Shout
0: yeah, out to Eden, Eden Scarab.
1: Shout out. Yep. yep We yeah. used to be Invictus. Um we used to be part of Invictus at least uh Invictus has you know broken up since then and uh, we were always the Sidewinder raid so we are the original pretty much Sidewinder raid from Eden we still have a a good amount of members from our original raid Mm -hmm. um we also have Navic who was you know one of the uh, GMs of Invictus Main tanking for us now, and you know we have a really, really, really good a slave driver uh, player. That's what you were talking yeah, about before, a slave right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so she, he is the, the healer. Yeah. He is yeah. so, to, uh-huh. to the Warriors. Oh, you they have twenty percent mana. That's fine. That's enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's fine, Pace, baby. Because they never yeah. lose yeah. the rage. He's so. moving. <laughs> but you yeah. know what? We uh, we we uh, we definitely. I think progress so much every week so we definitely uh, yeah. and we're you know with with nax we have pretty high expectations we want to get um you know a day one or day two clear if that's going to be okay. possible with the amount of frost resistance needed for south we'll see um but yeah we're we're hoping for that so
0: yeah and I I I want to talk about that but I also want to do justice to a couple of things that we we brought up already um so like so the reason the thing that really fascinates me about World of Warcraft these days, as someone who's not playing it every day, like I haven't touched retail in over ten years. I, last, mm. The last time I played was like the day Old War came out. Um, oh wow! And wow. I only dipped my toes back in Classic for a couple of months just to experience the leveling experience. And then once I, once I killed, uh, once I worked with a guild and we worked our right way through Molten Core and then we killed Nixia, I, I kind of felt like I didn't need to experience the rest to get what I wanted out of it. Um, and that's just me, my personal, my personal journey and my interest, but. Blizzard and the World of Warcraft franchise continues to be, I think, emblematic of a lot of the problems that that games and communities and studios are facing that are trying to do related things, which are trying to bring people together over games to, to, mm. to engage in these worlds. And um, so there are a lot of decisions and, like, uh, and a lot of dichotomies. Um, so over time, we've all observed uh world of warcraft go from uh what was wild vanilla which is a game that's maybe not very hard but it's kind of a pain in the ass like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it very makes it something consuming me. yeah, yeah. It, it says it says uh you want to level quick too bad grind bitch like yeah. get on your yeah. horse and ride do the thing um it took me like a very leisurely 10 days played i think to get to 60 which is very leisurely um i actually, mm-hmm tried to get the whole way without using questy because i wanted to just get the authentic og mm. experience but eventually like level 40 something else like skirt um questy being a, yeah. an add-on that helps you know where to go for quests as opposed to reading quest texts and trying to figure it out yourself
1: right yeah we're using thoughtbot, a thoughtbot <laughs> yes there's an old name yeah wow. yeah dude that was yeah. a-
0: so yeah. you guys played vanilla wow when it was out mm-hmm. is that is that right
1: very yes. very yes. poorly Yes, well, we, we we started playing around uh, AQ patch. Uh, Run the gates uh, were okay. open, so I um, didn't really experience much of like raiding in vanilla. Um, you know, a little bit of like ZG. I mostly leveled my rogue up uh, and PvP focus on PvP. It wasn't huh. till the very end of vanilla or in the beginning of TBC when I really started to raid hardcore uh, and PvP hardcore as well. So, uh, which was primarily i did it both on my rogue and priest Mm -hmm. but my rogue i made the mistake of making an alliance character um so Uh. i wanted to you know (laughs) i actually opened a ticket to a gm begged him if i could uh transfer him to uh to horde and all this shit so yeah it was really funny but um eventually i just bit the bullet and i was really uh i remember i was doing a battleground on my rogue and i got like destroyed by a shadow priest is like you know what i'm making a shadow priest so i started with him as shadow and then quickly found that it was a lot easier to get into groups and uh, into the raid as holy. So I started to heal and fell in love with healing like that. So yeah.
0: Tell me about healing. I've never done it in an MMO. It always seemed like oh. an annoying UI thing.
1: I love healing. You I guys don't think are both Mooran healers. As much as me though. So yeah. I,
2: it's it's my least favorite thing to do, but but uh, at outside of, of the three main roles, but I'll let DefCamp splurge. He he really likes healing, so let's. <laughs> it. It. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. me about I, it.
1: I, I feel like to me. I don't know, maybe it suits my personality a little bit. I, I always enjoy, like, don't get me wrong, I love doing damage. I love, you know, especially in PvP, I love, like, one-shotting people. I have an Ellie Shaman, so I love, mm-hmm. like, one-shotting people, and uh, I have a rogue as well. And I, I love doing damage, and I love seeing, you know, top damage or whatever on meteors, whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun. But for me, healing, it's to me, I, I filled that role very nicely, and I always felt like I was a decent healer, at least. I don't know, Meldron could, I guess, be a better you know i don't want to speak for myself but
0: I see a that- killer melder on we're, we're looking for he's a little just, bit of validation here
1: yeah, he's our he's our top healer in the guild absolutely <laughs> he's very very good yeah, thank like you i always felt like it was something that i could do good you know whackamole was you know i i love whackamole so you know making that green bar go full it just it does it does something to me i love it but um no for real though i you know i fell in love with holy priest and tbc and uh there's a lot of reasons why it's it's such a good class such a good spec um, you know, you got heals like uh, Circle of Healing, Prayer of Mending, um, Prayer of Healing. You know, you, you fill up that that raid heal spot very well, but you're also a good you know single target healer. And there's something to me about just being that person that buffs someone, helps someone in that kind of way. I also really fell in love with uh, Discipline in PvP being that offensive healer that Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, is out there dispelling, you know, um, you know, mass spelling, doing damage, you know, doing a mind blast shadow word death combo, killing someone Uh in the arena, stuff like that. So I really fell in love with the priest class really, really early on, um, all the way until, uh, I believe it was Kata when I re-rolled as a paladin healer, uh, because I didn't like the whole chakra thing or whatever. Um, but yeah, so like the, yeah, for me, healing has always been my go-to thing all the way until when I stopped playing in Legion. You know, I was doing Mythic Raiding on a Holy Paladin all the way in the Legion. Um, And, you know, I had fun there, too. I thought, you know, there was a lot of challenging stuff as a Mythic Raider or as, like, doing high-end Mythic Pluses. Um, I like the challenge of healing. I feel like they're kind of, like, you know, don't get enough. They don't get enough, you know, they they get attention when shit goes wrong. Oh, it was the healer's fault when it's never the healer's fault, right? Maybe sometimes it is, but... And then when shit is going right, they're just like, "Oh yeah, it's it's all the DPS. Yeah. But they don't. see you know, those know what I'm supportive so...
0: roles—they're they're only yeah. noticed when, they, when there's a problem. But when they're doing their job great, it's like everything's good. What are you talking yeah. about? Exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah. Like like a lot of things in real life, actually. But but I, I think mm-hmm. like so. Just I, I don't want to like land bass healing. I think it's 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 very interesting. I think there's a lot of interesting theory craft in healing uh, that. Probably people wouldn't consider. I think that like everyone considers theorycrafting crafting DPS and no, and everyone stops there, but that's not true. Um, healing has a lot of idiosyncrasies involved. And what I like right. about healing as a GM is I've GMs uh, before, and, I, and I've GMed as a tank and as a DPS. And what I what I don't like about G, GMing as a DPS is that you kind of get tunneled into your own personal shit because yeah. you're like I I need to see how much damage I'm doing or whatever or kick this or do this. Manage my threat. T- hmm. Yeah, and as a tank, you're staring at the inside of a boss a lot. Like, so, you can't see anything. Starting at a demon and, crotch, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you're a healer, there is no set rotation, right? It's reactive, which is kind of cool, because uh-huh. you don't have a rotation. And it allows you to really see the whole raid a lot and be like, oh, that guy's screwing up. That guy's yeah. not where he's supposed to stand. And I really like that as a GM. Huh. Or as or as a raid lead of some kind that makes so, sense. Yeah,
0: it kind of like yeah. it calls to mind like the image of like a, a battlefield commander like back with his reserves, like overlooking Arrear. the battle,
2: ready to come in to support. I <laughs> actually use that metaphor. in really? Count on the Classic.
1: Yeah, yeah, we we coined uh, the frame uh, that we coined the the, the phrase rear commander. So I um, said
2: during a <laughs> Count on the Classic podcast with Josh Corbett, who's uh, uh-huh. I don't know if you know who Josh is, but. Um, or I've listened to Countdown the Classic before, but that was like a, a podcast before Classic came out that was okay. the lead up to Classic. And then we did a thing on healing, and Def Camp and I were in it, and I said he, yeah, being a hero was like being a rear commander. Well, Josh, who's an Australian and is a funny, very funny guy, yeah. made it sexual, and yeah. it, it became it became like this this meme. So it was, it was really
0: funny. Now they're <laughs> on the rear commander.
2: Yeah, there
1: you go, there you go. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh,
2: I it was, love it. Was, it. It, was, it, was, it was
1: funny. Yeah. Beautiful. but it is true it's very true you you kind of have that that ins that sight you know what i mean that you're kind of looking at everything that's going on you know i saw someone you know oh meldron forgot to freaking you know take away his totems he pulled the whole raid you know what i mean which happens all the time th- it doesn't happen mm-hmm. all the time, but it happened maybe once or twice but i give a shit for it all the time so mm-hmm. but yeah you get to see a lot of what people are doing you also i feel like um you know it, it's you have the raid on your shoulders like you know so to speak right? <laughs> so you uh and like Meldron said, there is a lot of theory crafting that goes along with healing, whether you're looking at, you know, which is your highest, you know, HPMS, you know, Meldron um, and another person made this whole tool about, you know, finding what is your 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 best, you know, heal per mana use and, you hmm. know, per, um, you know, coefficients and stuff like that. So there's definitely a lot of theory crafting goes into it, especially when you're looking at different items and different tier sets and things like this. Um, so yeah, it's it's, for me, it's always been really satisfying. And I think, melderon you know being a shaman shamans are definitely the uh, king of raid heals in in vanilla right so (laughs) um melderon's you know got you know the raid heal thing going i've got the uh priest thing going we 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 definitely uh i think uh make a good you know we have a really good healing core in our guild so that's awesome we do yeah we have a very good healer core. yeah
0: and i i'm actually really fascinated by this idea of the the rear commander healer it sounds it sounds mel- I've heard you say a bunch of stuff about you know as a guild leader as a as a raid leader. It sounds like this is something you're really you're really focused on personally.
2: I really really enjoy it. Um, and I, it's funny because the whole hardcore thing, which is very very fun and and interesting, and Cargo's like kind of developed this whole community around mm-hmm. hardcore. Yeah, and I got really excited about it. And I noticed that I I didn't get the I, I don't know. It, it's fun. I I enjoy it. But I didn't get that umph out of it that I get from, and I noticed that I do get it from Radley. It scratched the itch. It it didn't Mm. scratch the itch for me, and I I don't think it's like I have to be in in control kind of thing. I don't actually don't like that. I actually like giving out control to more people. Mm -hmm. Um, I just really like seeing a unit like improve. Yeah, it's it's almost like this is really reductive, but it's like um like a Farmville kind of thing, right? You kind of like or like those what are those uh. Kind of like Age of Empires, right? Rebuild you your RTS you build games. Your yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like that, but on like a people scale. And it's like it's the whole seeing everyone come together and do a job and do it right. Uh-huh. And then this this person did did better this week, and they got had, they know how to do the mechanic now. Like I don't know, it's really fun for me. I really I really enjoy that. And yeah, um,
1: I agree. Yeah. What would
0: you and say? Like, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, no, no. Please. I what think would I'm, you
0: say your leadership style is?
2: it's pretty, it's very open. Um, I, I, the number one is delegation. Like that's my number one rule is delegation. So, um, anyone who thinks they can do a whole thing themselves is just wrong, right? You uh, run a forty man guild yourself is crazy. You have to be, you have to find, you have to find the type of people who want to, who want to have leadership roles, Mm -hmm. not for their own personal gain, but because they care. Right. So it's very easy to find people who want to have a leadership role because they think they're gonna get more loot. A lot of people, you, you can you know, you can pinpoint those people pretty quickly. Yeah. Um what I what I look for is for people who try who like who come to me with suggestions to improve the rate as a whole. And if I see that more often come coming to me in PMs and stuff like that, I'm like, this person's a good candidate for for an officer. Mm-hmm. And that's how we've actually that's how we structured our officer corps is by people who Originally, we had an original officer, officer corps that did not work very well for us, and everyone who stepped up after that were because they were just came from the Raider position and moved up. Mm-hmm. Very, very few of our officer corps right now have been officers since day one. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Our, our, a lot of our, or a few of our officers in the beginning were just people who joined the raid like first. First, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. they were given kind of the, and, you know, at first the structure was right, but, you know, maybe they were trying to structure the raid, but they, they definitely weren't someone that could delegate. And, you know, unfortunately, one of our first raid leads, I think was more concerned about gearing himself more than the raid. And, you know, that ended pretty, That's too bad. pretty qu- quickly, I would say, but, um, I think what Meldron, I want to say what Meldron really does well too, is he, I think he motivates people really well. Mm. Um, so by giving those delegations and by giving those people that authority, I think it it really motivates people to say, hey, this is this is also my raid and I care about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one mm-hmm. thing that he does well is that he, he definitely motivates people into uh, to mm-hmm. wanting to get better. You know what I mean? I
2: also do, like, uh, it, everything's democratic, right? Like, I, very rarely will I be like, this is how it's going to be done. Like, unless it's something egregious, like, I don't know, I'm trying to give an example. Like, say someone said something political in one of the discords, mm-hmm. I would just say, don't say anything political. Like, I don't go, that doesn't need a vote, right? But if, but if mm-hmm. like, but if something is like, you know, hey, someone came to me and said, hey, I have, I have an issue with the loot prios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I say, let's have a meeting. And I say, this is what I think should be done. What do you guys think? And if I, and if I'm outvoted, I'm outvoted, right? Like okay. I, I don't, I don't pull the whole, I'm the GM. This is how it's going to go thing. Um, Cause number one, people will start to resent you. They'll start to question if you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I don't want that. And that's a, how anything should be run. It should be. A, it should be a democratic thing, right? Like, yeah. I, I I don't want to be a uh, a tyrant or, or a king or, or something like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's exhausting to be that too. Like, yeah, <laughs> because if you don't, if you can't trust anyone, you can't really. If if you don't trust people and they don't trust you, you can't really delegate. And if you can't really delegate, there's just so much to do. Um, I. I gave a go to running a forty-man raiding guild in vanilla, um, with with a bunch of my friends, and I did the the GM main tank thing, and we got up to Razor Gore, and I said, "Fuck this."
1: Yeah, dude. (laughs) It's not easy, bro. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, main tanks really, especially like the main tank raid leaders, because you got to think like, first of all, they have to get if anyone is getting world buffs, they have to get like every world buff, you know, especially nowadays, right? Because you have to hold threat right? Mm-hmm. So, you need that first. You need to get all your world buffs. Now you have to worry about everyone else in the raid. Now you have to worry about everything that's going on. If you're a GM and a main tank, it's a lot to deal with. Um, so, that's if you are doing that, you definitely need to delegate. Uh, yeah. I know some people that do do it, like the the GM and a Vaughn Um, you know, Alkaiser, he's a friggin... Faye, uh, a Faye I'm sorry. A- a- Faye and Alkaiser, but the, I'm sorry. But, yeah, they have a lot of really good people there. Um, yeah, And, you know, I think, like, they they know how to delegate well and you see a lot of these really big guilds that like all that are on the top Mm -hmm. and uh they you know they know what they're doing they they have people that are in position uh you know and they also have people that help them right so i think that's like one thing that i i was part of a guild on a on a private server um that was very much like the gm uh was the main tank and he was the law right and we went through people so quick. I mean, we, we had so many people leaving and coming into that guild, And it was because, you know, he got all the gear first, you know, people were fighting over gear. Um, and it was just a mess. And it's like, when you put one person in charge, it just seems like, even if that one person is trying to do the best that they can, Mm -hmm. like it has that, it has that, that look of that like you know this one person trying to control everything and it just doesn't doesn't have a good it uh, doesn't sit well with a lot of people and it doesn't sit well right. with me you know what i mean so it, it's a lot better to have you know a group of people working together to try to um to try to you know get the get the guild going. Yeah. <laughs> i yeah i don't really like when it's uh you know like a all power in one person kind of thing
2: yeah another thing is i don't think it's wise to and this is going to work for some guilds obviously but i don't think it's wise to gm and raid re- lead um, I think you should have, uh, I think the GM position is more of a administrative position, mm-hmm. whereas you're in, you're kind of looking at the comp, uh, recruitment, <clears throat> uh, making sure people are behaving properly, <laughs> making sure that, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the chain of command is built in a certain way, mm-hmm. whereas the raid lead's job is to just worry about the raid. Right? Managing like, like, yeah. Exactly, right? I, I think that that's very smart is to separate those roles. Yeah. well at least for me but I don't I don't know if that's you know uh, how every guild runs but that's how I'd like to run the guild yeah.
0: it's one of my favorite things about World of Warcraft and other games like it is that this kind of stuff can happen like this yep. I, actually I, I see a lot of people who are drawn to leadership in WoW actually do kind of similar things in, in their own like in their lives outside of WoW is this like a skill that, that comes from somewhere else for, for you guys or is this just like something you really just do in WoW
2: <laughs> um... what do you think? I'm not uh, in a man- I'm not in a management position now um, okay i I'm, I'm I mean I'm a scientist, but i but I don't you're a scientist, a scientist. I am. What yeah I'm kind a of scientist.
0: I work- that's so cool.
2: I'm a, I'm a geneticist actually.
0: Yeah. oh okay
2: i i uh, I work on um the genetics of addiction uh, specifically oh. opioid addiction.
1: Okay. yeah we actually yeah uh, but, we actually it's a long we actually kind of both work over the field. I think. Meldron too, uh, you know it being the healer role is like I you know, I I went in and I got something called a, a CRS which is like a certified recovery specialist mm-hmm. So I, I I I myself am in recovery um, And uh, oh, interesting. so I, I always yeah, I've always kind of liked the role of like, you know, being able to, to help people as well So I don't know if that would kind of goes along with being a healer or what but uh, uh, uh-huh. and I think Meldron as well You know, what I mean he's in that field as well, but Meldron definitely does look at everything. I think very scientifically uh, yeah, especially either. with his guides as well yeah
2: I, I, so i've never i've never actually held a position well i mean maybe i mean like i i've i've managed students mm-hmm. um i i've managed um personal data i think that's kind of where i maybe get the skill from but i'm a, i look at everything quantitatively um but i don't think i just have a quantitative side i think i have pretty good people skills you know mm-hmm. like I, I think i did i, I I don't know, Def camp could say if I don't or not. I think i no, you do. Yeah, I'm pretty good on that. I, I, I'm not just all right, Well, I forget which one. <laughs> right-brain, left-brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left-brain,
0: yeah. logical, right-brain, creative, right?
2: Right, yes. right. So I'm not all left-brain, I guess is the word I'm looking for. I'm not actually an a, a expert in math at all. I mean, I, I use math a lot, but I'm not a math head. So okay. um, I guess I've had a lot of... I've been in school for a very, very, very long time. Um, uh-huh. Off and on, well, like how much than I, I should yeah. have been.
0: God, better yeah, you than I, me, man.
2: Sure. I uh, I did I did four years of undergraduate. Decided that I hated what I was doing. I was criminal justice, actually first. Huh. Um, then I was like, I don't like this. I want to. I want to do science. I like science better. Went went to a school to get my master's, and they're like, Well, you don't have you don't have the prerequisites for a master's in biology. So here's take three more years of undergraduate. So I did seven years of undergraduate.
0: Oh my god. Which,
2: yeah, two years of masters and then four and a half for my PhD. So I okay. I uh, I've been in school for a long time. So I, maybe maybe that's what it is. Um, I don't, you know, I, I, maybe maybe it's just I, I I like structuring things. I like uh, I like data analysis. That's what I do all day. Mm-hmm. Maybe that mm-hmm. maybe that's why I have the skills to do to do to really, um,
0: Sometimes I think like I've I've I mean I I, I kind of put out there a possibility that like maybe it's more relevant to me where like I'm. Like uh, for me, doing the podcast is kind of uh, has a little bit of a symmetry with what I'm doing in 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 the real in the real world, uh, in my own life outside of gaming. Um, It's not the way for everybody though. When it comes to the way they engage with games, sometimes I think people engage with games in a way that they can't engage with the world, which is a Mm -hmm. completely legitimate and very good way to to I don't want to say use gaming, but let's just say engage with games or. and there's a whole wide discussion to be had there about that. Um, but uh, you, t- you guys, you guys touched, on, touched on something very interesting a couple minutes ago that I wonder if I can come back to. And if sure. you don't um, want to go there, that's fine. But uh, I heard you say that you are a, a geneticist melder on working on the fields of opioid addiction. And I heard you say, Def Camp, that you are a certified... Uh, a counselor, I can't remember what, what word you used. A specialist, yeah, recovery yeah, specialist. Recovery specialist dealing with opioid addiction, is that right? Yeah,
1: and I'm yeah, I'm also uh in recovery myself. So I've been cleaning okay. for about 6 years. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, so it's yeah, it's something that's very uh I that's think That's a
0: very in- yeah. interesting family dynamic. Is there like Oh yeah. Is yeah. is, is did, did like is there a story there that you guys are comfortable telling? Or is it yeah, just like independently yeah, Okay, no,
1: I'm I'm very open about
2: it. Time yeah. So shorter, so let me start just and then you yeah. can. I want you to, to hammer yours home. But basically, yeah. the reason I'm in this line of work, uh, originally my my PhD is in, in insect genetics, so it's hmm. completely <laughs> different from this. But when I moved back to Philadelphia after my uh, my under my PhD, I was looking for jobs, and I use actually Matt's story as inspiration because the beautiful thing about genetics is no matter what animal you are human or fruit fly we all have dna we all have the same types you know that this all the rules are the same basically Mm -hmm. so you can really take what you learn from a model model system and and apply it to humans Mm -hmm. so i use def camp story as an inspiration to kind of look for jobs and one of you know when when i was applying for positions one of my possible kind of like uh things i could have done was working in in addiction so Mm -hmm. i i got you know so i I had the passion for it from Def Camp and I was like, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll design a project around this and that's why I work in addiction now. So I didn't go to school for this. Uh I just kind of applied myself to to it.
0: Got it. So yeah. you applied what, what you had towards that problem and that's what that's what you're pursuing yeah. now.
2: Correct. Okay. Yeah, but it was it was primarily because of inspiration and in what Def Camp uh has done in his life. So maybe, so you can go. I, I just wanted to caveat that real quick before you start. Yeah.
1: yeah. Take the stage, Def Camp. Yeah. 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 So uh, I guess where do I start? So yeah, I, I have, um, you know, ever since I was younger, uh, had problems with addiction, you know, um, at the time I was like 12 years old, I was already basically, uh, an addict, like using, uh, you know, whether it was pot, alcohol, uh, I, when I was 13, I broke my leg and, uh, you know, I, I already had, <clears throat> I already had some, you know, just, Issues that, you know, kids have, maybe like I I, I have Tourette's, I have some other stuff. So okay. I always felt like I was very uh, prone to looking for escapes and stuff like that. Uh, uh, so when I was 13, I, and also we have um, addiction in our, in our family on both <laughs> sides, uh, uh, my dad and my uncles. So, you know, very prevalent in our family and, and, and in our environment as well. Um, so, yeah, when I was 13, I, I broke my leg and uh, was given opiates for the first time. And it was like a, something switched in my brain, you know, like the, for the first time is like, I need to have this all the time. Hmm. So I had struggled with addiction. Um, basically from that point on, um, I went to my first rehab when I was like 18, uh, and went to multiple rehabs, multiple psych wards and all this, you know, crazy shit. Um, and then, You know, after a while, you know, Melron. We come from a family where it's basically me, my brother, and my mom. So we were really tight, tight knit. Um, You know, and uh, they had always, you know, been there and helped me. And and finally, when I was about twenty six, I would say I had, uh, you know, people in recovery talk about like the moment of clarity or, or you know, Mm -hmm. a time when you really, you know, because I had gone to rehab before. I, I had really tried other times to get clean. Um, and something in me was just, you know, I, I had basically hit, and you say you hit rock, you say you hit rock bottom and then you go even lower and lower and lower and you figure out that like, there really is, you know, the ultimate low. And I kind of got to that point. There are
0: multiple rock bottoms, huh?
1: Yeah, there definitely are. So I got to the point where I had basically lost everything and, you know, was, was, uh, basically on, you know, the only other options were, you know, taking my life or getting clean like that, that was, and, you know, and that was at the road where i was at um and you know i had tried getting clean multiple times and i you know didn't think it was going to be possible for me but i i had that moment where i said that you know this is this is it for me like i i have to i have to try to take control of my life and uh fortunately for me i i, I did i know a lot of people don't get to that a lot of people unfortunately don't get to that point they they unfortunately you know pass before that happens i have a lot of friends uh a lot of friends that have died from addiction it's really bad in this area opiate addiction in particular um in the the philadelphia area in the philadelphia area it's extremely bad here Mm. um so yeah fortunately for me i I, um you know found something that worked for me um i had kind of you know tried every other option and i had tried all these different things and uh you know i kind of just finally for whatever reason um said this is it and uh Ended up getting clean. Um, moved to another part of the country for a while just to get out. You know, people, places, and things is a big part. Change of, scenery. of You know, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of addiction. Um, so I changed, you know, scenery for a while. Got into a relationship um, where, unfortunately, you know, towards the end of the relationship, my uh, significant other had started using again. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so I came back home uh, before... I, I had relapsed. Fortunately, I, I did not. I came back home and, uh, you know, kind of fell into, but by going to where I was going there for counseling and stuff like that had really just found that I, you know, for, for my own sake, for, you know, for my own recovery. And a lot of people will say this, you know, you, you know, you, you keep what you have by giving it away or by helping other people. And I found out that mm. one of the most beneficials, one of the most beneficial things for me on my recovery was helping other people. And, um, you know, this is why I, I talk about it in my streams too. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with the whole Corona thing right now, I, I, my CRS thing is, is not, you know, I had worked there for a couple years, but now I talk about it in my streams. I like to talk about it wherever I am, just be able to, if someone hits me up on discord or just wants to talk about it for me, that's what really helps me is just, uh, helping other people in this, mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in their addiction or if they just want to talk or anything like that. So you know, I had started working as a certified recovery specialist, which is basically uh, suited for people that are in recovery to help um, those that are, you know, trying to get clean and stuff like that. So yeah. And then, you know, Meldron had, you know, obviously had always been there for me during my, um, during my struggles and shit like that. So he really um, was, like I said, my family was really tight knit, my mom, my brother, and he had been through a lot of it. And I think for us, it was a really big part of our lives. And, you know, one thing that's interesting and I, you know, talk about this a lot is that, uh, wow was every time I would either, you know, get clean or I would get out of rehab, um, you know, video games was something that a lot of times was, was an escape for me, a good escape, you know what I mean? I would get mm-hmm. clean and instead of, um, going back out there and, you know, calling friends and do whatever, I would just, I would play wow. And I would get into these, um, conversations with people and I would meet people online and, some of the some of the people that I met online I consider some of my best friends, you know, especially uh-huh. now. Um, so WoW has always been a really good outlet for me, uh, and I know a lot of people also in in recovery um, that has kind of helped me uh, throughout the years and has really I you know you can ask Meldron, I was not the kind of person that would come on a show uh, talk or stream or do anything like that, and you know just by playing WoW and talking to people it really helped me come out of my shell and uh, you know so something for me that I think. I, I got a lot out of it, uh, you know, whether it was just the social aspect of the game. That's why I love, mm-hmm. you know, WoW so much. I think it's a, it's a positive really change of environment,
0: itself. almost, it sounds
1: like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the uh, the whole story there. But it's uh, it's interesting how, how much WoW has played a, a really integral part in all that. Um, mm-hmm. I think for Melron, too, I think, uh, you know, I know uh, he can probably attest to this as well. Is like A lot of the people that we have met in this game are people that we talk to every day. You know, mm-hmm. people that we um, call our friends. And, you know, especially when you talk, look at people like in the community as well, like Cargos uh, and Grays. These are, these are friends of ours. These are people that we talk about all this kind of stuff with. And, uh, you know, it's through this game that we met all those people. So it's, it's pretty amazing how a game like WOW can, uh, can change your life like that. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
0: That's quite a story. Yeah. Um, I
1: tried to rush through it pretty quickly there. Yeah. If, if you don't mind, I like to <laughs> ask
0: you a couple of questions from yeah, along the yeah. timeline. Yeah. Um, and you know, if at any point you guys don't feel comfortable going there, just say, "Hey, let's move on." No problem. Um but Yeah. Uh so I don't have like I've I've considered myself at various times to be addicted to video games. That's a very different mm-hmm. thing from a physical addiction. Um, right, right. and I I wonder Meldron if you could say a little bit about what it was like to kind of be supportive of your brother when he was struggling with this. Do you want to share a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um Yeah, it's 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 a difficult was difficult time for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Before he got clean, Uh, after he got clean, it was it's easy to support. uh, It's easy to support someone when they want to they want to do good for themselves, right? Right. The idea Um, that
0: people will stop for someone on the road who's pushing their own car. People people want to help people who who are helping themselves.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But before that, it was it was difficult. Like you know, it's. Primarily for two reasons, like no one really knows what it's like to be addicted to a substance, right? Um, So our father was an addict as well. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, um, my parents split up because of his addiction. And I was, I, I, I had an understanding of it a little bit, but I didn't, maybe more than most. And that's why I think most people look at addicts as criminals or they they're weak or whatever you want to call it is because they don't they don't get it right. I had a, a little bit of a, of a step into that door, so I didn't feel that way, but I also didn't understand it. Right. And that's those are the two parts of it. And or understand my role in uh, uh, what's the word allowing someone to do something to themselves.
1: Manip- uh, oh, um, I'm talking-
2: <laughs> enablement. Yeah enablement thank you thank you how okay. you may enable the situation right mm-hmm. so what i did was i, I actually started going into 12 step so there's 12 step programs for family members too okay uh, most people i don't know that but but so you you not only the addict- being
0: like made famous by like alcoholics anonymous and yeah. narcotics yeah, like, anonymous it's called al
2: anon yeah, yeah al anon okay yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, my way of supporting Def Camp was actually finding out what the hell i was doing wrong yeah. um and how my dad's addiction Affected me as a child and how it affected me as an adult, you know, so I really couldn't support him until I was getting better, uh, in my head, basically, uh, doing, doing the things for me. Uh, so
0: what did that take?
2: It was tough. So my mom started to go, right? So my mom was like, my mom started to go to these things because of because of uh, Def camps addiction mm-hmm. and she was like hey you need to do this and i'm like why the hell do i need to? like you know that that's your right. initial gut reaction is why the hell do i need to do it yeah why do oh, i have my problem so he's the one yeah, yeah, to yeah, change. yeah exactly
1: yeah. yeah
2: but um it helped big time not only did it help me but it helped my interactions with Def camp so he knew that i wasn't playing the game anymore because hmm. this whole thing yeah. is addiction all these things really what it is when you get down to it, like at, at, from a psych- psychiatric level is this dance. Everyone does, you know, it's like, it's like this, it's this weird dance. Everyone has a part in, um, and it all stems from childhood, you know, it all, mm-hmm. and, and genetics and a lot of things are put into it, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. environment and genetics have equal sometimes even, you know, depending on the person. And so it's really hard for an act to get clean if their family is not doing the right thing either. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So all those things coming together, I think allowed Def Camp to realize that he wasn't doing the right thing. Right. And I, and that's when, that's when he wanted to get clean. When, when my mom and I were, oh, were getting, we're getting yeah. more intelligent about the thing, about what, what kind going of things on.
0: did you guys modify that kind of improved so, yeah. the environment it's and a, set the stage for that?
2: Boundaries are, is a big one. Right. So my, my, the biggest thing for me was if Def Camp came home high,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I would just be like, all right, let's go into your room. Let's make sure you're okay. Let's put the covers over you. And, let you know, what do you need? What can I do for you? Yeah. Every every family member would think that's that's how you – that's what you do as a family that's member, love. right? You, yeah. That's love, love right? It, it's not. It's enablement. It, it, and it, and, it, and it's, it's telling that person what you're doing to yourself is okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I can handle it. But no sane person can handle that. Like no sane person can see someone that they love dying basically is what it is. If Killing there's
1: himself. no – if there's no consequences to what I'm doing, then why would I stop? Yeah. Right, right. If there's yeah. if there's no if nothing happens, if I do something horrible, if I you know if I come home high and I you know steal whatever um, and nobody says anything, why am I not going to do it again? So right. one thing that I you know tell people that are in recovery now is that you know addiction isn't just the disease of that person; it's it's a family disease, and it, and it takes a family usually um, to, you know, get help together. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I always tell people, it's like the best thing that my family did for me was to get educated and to, you know, and that ended up having some pretty horrible consequences for me at the time. You know, I got kicked out of my house. I, you know, didn't have any, I was homeless for a while, didn't have anywhere to go. Um, but that was them having boundaries that told me that, yeah, yeah, right. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's tough love. Well, it's, 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 there's a difference between, you know, just having like, say, tough love and, and actually, you know, having those boundaries because in all effects, like I was killing myself, but I was also killing my family, you know, in a way like mm-hmm. my mom, and my brother were really, you know, I mean, lo- losing it, you know, completely when you, when you do, I mean, the kind of things that, you know, addiction, using the drug is just the small part of it. It's the things that happen because of that, right? It's mm-hmm. the, the stealing, the lying, the getting arrested, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, overdosing, the all these things that happen um that are really the core issues that you know cause families to break down and for all these things to happen yeah. so um that's where over, it ends up over... but that's not
0: where it starts
1: exactly exactly and and you know and you always hear well why can't you just stop why can't you just stop why can't you just stop and what i tell people is you know um in addiction when you're fully addicted to a substance your 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 brain actually changes the way it works right so your brain literally tells your body that without this substance you are going to die and that's what withdrawal is right your withdrawal mm-hmm. is your brain telling your body that without this substance you're going to die and even though you know or at least an opie addiction it's not always it, it can be fatal but you know uh an alcohol addiction and other addictions it, it actually it actually you know is fatal sometimes to withdraw without some kind of medication um it, it's that fear of that you know that getting sick and and you know not being not feeling normal not mm-hmm. you know for me I hadn't gotten high in years. To me, getting high every day was just feeling normal, right?
4: Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: really get high until like one of the first times that I actually used and I felt like, oh, this feels amazing. After that, it's just feeling normal, feeling normal, feeling normal. Mm-hmm. And when they start to understand that and they start to understand that, you know, he's not trying to, um, you know, feel – he's just trying to survive and what he, I have learned, you know, this, these are my coping mechanisms. My coping mechanism right. was – when shit happened, I got high. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got high to deal with life because I couldn't deal with life without being high. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're weaker. It doesn't mean that you're, um, you know, not as strong as someone who, who doesn't have that. Uh, most people in addiction have some kind of either, uh, mental, um, you know, um, um uh, unfortunately a lot of people have, you know, depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people who, in uh, addiction more times than any have have very you know traumatic things that has happened to them
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and people cope in different ways and yeah. a lot of people a lot of ways that addicts cope is is through, through use. So when Meldron and my mom uh, learned all this stuff and I basically stopped relying on them for money for for everything, it told me that hey, there's consequences for my actions mm-hmm. and I can't just rely on everyone else or I can't just you know, manipulate people into getting what I want anymore. So yeah. it took a I'm while. I'm not going to be okay it,
0: yeah. if I keep doing this.
1: Exactly. And it took a while to sink in, maybe about a year or so for, you know, once they started. Um, but after a while, you know, I, the only thing I knew I could rely on my mom and my brother for was for them to help me when I was ready to get clean, right? That was mm-hmm. the one thing I knew I could rely on them for. Not for money, not for, and but the fact that I knew I could rely on them, that's what saved my life, right? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's what allowed me to get clean. And, you know, when I tell people and, you know, parents, anyone's listening to this, is like if there's one thing, if you have a loved one that is going through it, the one best thing you can do for them is, you know, learn how to, how to set those boundaries. And, but when they're ready to try to get clean, just be there for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. In that time. And that's, that's the best that thing. that sucks
2: do to like, literally like put your hands up there and say, and, and say, I, you know, it's like that, uh. I don't want to get into religion, but you know how uh, Christianity, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, just let it go and give it to mm-hmm. God. That's mm-hmm. literally what you have to do with your loved yeah. one. And that's yeah. really, really hard to do, right? Like yeah. it's, it's like, yeah. Oh, just let him sit. You know, he's on the streets. Well, yeah. just let, it, you know, that's, yeah. let it, let's, it's so hard, right? I can't everything, imagine. Everything yeah. in evolution tells you not to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. Evolution tells you, take care of your kin. You have the same DNA. You have mm-hmm. to take care of that person. And for a mother, it's like a hundred times worse, right? Yeah. So it's like for a mother, it's like this, this: I carry this child, like I have to, and you have to literally say no to all of your natural instincts, and that's yeah. very, very hard.
0: become completely yeah. unattached from what happens to that yeah. person.
2: Yeah, that's, in a way, yeah. Being is huge. Like the, you know, up yeah. to so people who use opioids um, uh, in a way that's uh, illicitly or 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 using med- prescribed opioids in a way that are not intended. Of those individuals, as high as ninety percent have a comorbid, meaning coexisting, yeah, mental health mental mm-hmm. health disorder. Yeah, ninety um, percent. So that's like so that's that includes like depression, anxiety, OCD, anything you could think of. If we yeah. put, lump all of these things into a number, about ninety. So most studies show it's near ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Um, so these people are self medicating. is what they're doing. Exactly. It's not like it's a. Yeah. Uh they're just degenerates. Like I, I just <laughs> want be to like, get high. Like yeah, yeah I just another... want to
1: feel great all the time. Yeah. No no. Once no one wakes up in the yeah. morning
2: and says, I want to be a heroin addict. Like, yeah. like no, no yeah. one says that, right? Yeah. So it, it, in a like... way,
0: the addiction when it starts out is a cure to a problem.
1: It is absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. and, it, yeah.
0: and it, it, it ends up consuming the problem that it's solved, right?
1: Yes, and creates numerous other problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yep. Damn. That's crazy. But yeah, and, and it's it's yeah, it's it's um I'm sorry, I just wanted to go on. you know, I the one thing that um you know, there's been a ton of things that have, you know, helped me along the way. My family, you know, the most was my family, but you know, finding healthy outlets, finding healthy things to um you know, you know, cuz a lot of people have a really big big struggle is that when they stop using is that they're bored, right? They they mm-hmm. have to stop talking to all their friends that you know they got high with. Um, they maybe can't work because they have convictions, or or you know they can't find this or find that. And they're living with home with their parents or whatever. Um, so it's trying to find healthy things to you know get motivated about because when you stop using, basically your brain stops making dopamine on your own when you when you start injecting heroin and it starts relying on that dopamine from the heroin. So so many people in uh, early, early recovery are depressed because your brain literally isn't producing enough dopamine Mm -hmm. to keep you, you know, normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's why we see so many people relapse in that first, you know, year, which is really pivotal. Um, and finding something to motivate you and to help you feel good about yourself is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, one of those things was actually WoW, you know, and, and, and playing WoW and, and having that outlet and, you know, feeling good and, you know, having friends in the game. And uh, I don't think, you know, it might sound silly, but I, I can't really underestimate, underplay how, just how important, you know, this game has been for me over the years, right? And, and being able to talk to people, uh, relate with people, um, and, you know, slowly come out of my shell and feel okay with being me, right? And that, that really... Yeah. Happened through playing WoW, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think a lot of people find that outlet. You know, in, in other ways, and and for a lot of people I, I have talked to, WoW has been that thing for them as well. So, and and it's such a, a different kind of game, right? Because you're you're kind of, especially in Classic WoW, you're kind of forced to talk to people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in retail, uh, you can get away with doing stuff, you know, by yourself. But in Classic WoW, you know, you're almost forced at times to do stuff with other people. Yeah. And yeah. it was that push that I was given. That little push to help, hey, you know, talk to this person to really help me come out of my shell. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting and in how that that really helped me. Just giving that little push to say, hey, you know what? Just whisper this guy, asking for help. Next thing you know, I'm talking about I'm talking with this guy about you know the last ten years of my life, and he's telling me about you know his deployment in Iraq and how he got addicted and this and another. other. is a true story. It really because you asked with for mage food. Oh, because I asked yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally because of that. And uh, you know, it's it's I can't underplay just how important that was. Hmm. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That,
0: that's quite the the rounded story. Uh bring it back to WoW. Um, yeah. before I, I before we, we go back to WoW though, I I wanna ask uh another question, if I may, about that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh um and again, uh from your perspective, Melderon. So you just, you talked a few moments ago about how, what it was like before DevCamp started getting help and then about, um, the boundaries and how I'm sure that must've been very difficult. I'm sure how elated you felt when, when DevCamp started getting help. Um, Mm. what, how is it, what's it like seeing, um, how things have progressed now? Um, I, I just think it's a really kind of great, very interesting story to see you guys, two brothers, working on healing healing yourselves and each other and your guildmates <laughs> there's it's it's, it's it's a headline that that writes itself i feel like um wh- what's your perspective on how um where things have ended up with uh, with devcamp
2: i mean to be honest it's he's he's really broken a lot of odds i mean like i <clears throat> there's not many people that could say they got clean they were able to work in that field and help people who are trying to get clean. um, You know, I, I what else can you say? I mean, what else can you say? I mean, like, it, it's, mm-hmm. I, hate, I hate to use the word miracle because I don't think it's, I don't know, but it really kind of is. I mean, like you, the odds of someone getting clean is low. And staying low? clean for as long as he did is lo- what's it, what's it like 5%? Something like that. It's very low. For, for, yeah. as, for, as, lo- yeah. for as long as you've been clean. Yeah. Yeah. So you,
0: know, you, you uh, started using DefCamp at the age of, you said it was like 12 or 13?
1: 13 was when I started my first opiate use, yeah. And
0: you yeah. said you've been clean for six years. I'm not trying to put an age on you, but how, how long were you using for?
1: Uh, off and on about 15 years. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: More than half your life at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. That
0: does sound pretty amazing. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, we're still brothers. We still get each other's throats, right?
1: Like I'm not saying it's not perfect. But, That's what but,
0: brothers do. Let's be honest. Exactly, I got one yeah. too. I know what you mean.
1: Yeah. But to be able to uh reconcile things with him and know that you know he's still going to be there for me, and and uh, I mean, like we're not just brothers. We're best friends as well. Yeah. Like it's you know yeah. what I mean. We're, like my the relationship I have with my brother is very. I know, like I didn't really have my dad there growing up. I had my big brother. You know what I mean. And I didn't really have. Uh, my mom was working like two, three jobs. I had my brother, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's almost like, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, but, uh, like we do everything together. We do. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It is.
2: Yeah. You know, part of the, part of the really shitty thing about being an analytic, analytically minded person is I, to be honest, I was preparing for the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, cause you know, I looked, I looked at, what was happening, and, I, and I, I did research myself, and, you know, it's like, odds are, they're going to wind up in jail or dead, back and forth from rehab their whole life, you know, all these things, and I'm just and, like, yeah,
1: and I was very close, I, I mean, there were, there was a reason for him, because I, there was a point where I was, you know, basically waking up and hoping that I was going to overdose, like, there was a, you know, a long time that that was my reality, and, and you know, they were basically having to you know get ready for that reality because it was it was going to come i uh i i was in the hospital for months because i had gotten an infection in my leg um i which i was like basically hours away from basically going septic and and dying from that uh yeah um and you know just so many other things i had i was in a psych ward for almost a month where i was in uh, a drug-induced psychosis and they thought i was never going to come out of that holy crap what? Yeah, so. Um, What's drug you know, induced they,
0: yeah. psychosis? What does that mean?
1: Basically, I lost my mind. Uh, I, I didn't know what reality was. I thought I was in a coma or I was dead. And I was constantly uh, just, I was, I was literally, you know, almost like stuck in a trip where you don't know. I, I didn't know what uh-huh. reality was. I uh-huh. thought I was seeing people. I was having conversations with people that weren't there. I was trying to, you know, kill people. I was trying to jump out of windows. I was Holy basically shit. strapped down to a bed. 24 seven for this is weeks. all because
2: he he took uh you know a combination cocktail of different it was this wasn't yeah. even opioids that caused this correct this
1: well was something... i was on opiates but it was I, at one point i was you know basically a trash can i was taking everything that i could get my hands on and i had yeah. taken uh some synthetic uh marijuana i had taken almost uh, a very large amount of benzos probably about 40 to 50 pills or uh, in a day and uh, all these different other drugs that I was on, which led to me going into the psychosis that um, basically lasted. Even when I was out of the, 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 the psych ward, I still wasn't sure what reality was. And uh, I, it. How did it come back to you? Was it like a
0: gradual thing or did it just snap in one day?
1: Very gradual. Yeah, no, it was gradual because towards the end of my stay at the psych ward, I was just playing along with what I thought, I needed to do to get out. Playing the um, part, I yeah. I still thought that I was you know somewhere else. Um, Although being able to pass is
0: not crazy, is is you know perhaps a, a, an indicator that there's something not crazy underneath.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think my reality did start to come back to me very slowly though. But um, losing your losing my mind that that for me was probably the most traumatic experience, especially during my uh, addiction, because there were times where I thought that I was like. It's hard to describe, right? Because I, I thought that everyone in my family was dead and their skin was hanging from my walls. I thought that uh, I had killed someone. I thought that they were coming in to torture me. I thought that all these things were happening just as real as me talking to you right now. Like it, wow. it's so hard to describe to what psychosis is because people think that oh, you know, some part of you must know that it's not real. But literally, every part of me believed what was happening is as real as what's happening right mm-hmm. now, and that's mm-hmm. how scary it is. And it, so that's it's scary for you that, too,
0: deaf camps and on the sidelines.
2: I me. mean sorry, Melderon. Oh, Meld oh yeah. so when I went and visited him at this uh, mental institution, or wherever it was, um I remember walking up to him and giving him something, and he just like looked through me, and I'm just like I, I, I don't know it's really hard to explain like I've never before that point, I've never seen someone totally out of touch with reality in my mm-hmm. life. Like, never' never seen that before, right? Imagine going up to your loved one, your wife, and saying, like, you know, hey, Honey, how you doing? And she's like, "Who are you?" Like that's like mm-hmm. like out of the blue, right? And and you're just like it was it was hard. It's it was very, very hard. Yeah, yeah. and and the, and the horrible thing about it is is that the doctors there didn't communicate with us very well. Apparently this is normal when you when you take that much of of a substance.
1: Yeah. Um, and they right. just gave me a bunch of other drugs to take. Uh, and they said they they prescribed me bipolar while I was in there in a drug-induced psychosis, which yeah. I don't know how they yeah.
2: And the and then finally, my dad was like, you know, my dad had said something to them, and and they were like, oh well, yeah, he'll he'll you know he'll come out of it eventually. It's just you know this is all. And he's like, well, when are you going to tell us that? Because you know, when 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 your loved one's in a psych ward, you don't really know what's going to happen after that. Like, are they mm-hmm. in there the rest of their life? You, you know, who knows? So it was a very challenging time, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and you know, I, like Def said, but that wasn't the last time, you know. And and Def yeah. like had to get. To that point where he was ready to, to want to get help, and he eventually got there. But it was a it was a roller coaster ride for sure. It sucked, yeah. It was tough. Wow. Yeah. Oh, quite, quite a yeah.
0: quite an yeah. experience. And um, yeah. yeah. So okay, um, so you <laughs> got to the point and where where def- where you were ready to start recovering, mm-hmm. um, and can you connect that event with when you started? realizing how how wow was gonna help you do that
1: yeah i think at, at yeah. first um you know it it wasn't a direct link at first because even mm-hmm. when i was still because i had times of sobriety uh before you know short bursts of sobriety um where either i had it, i was always addicted to something i feel like like I, I would get clean and i would immediately get into a relationship and Mm-hmm. That that woman was like my new addiction, almost. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so NRE I,
0: baby, it's it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you know, it's 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 very. Um, it was very. It, it took a lot for me to kind of find out how to have that healthy balance. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which is still something that I struggle with today. You know what I mean? Uh, I can relate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm up late uh, at night
0: talking about video games. My wife's in the other room. So yeah, I get yeah, it.
1: Exactly, exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, at first um, it was basically, you know, that, that, that little escape. And then it began to, once I, sorry, we just got an Amber alert. Oh, once I had gotten clean, um, it was very much, you know, like trying to find that balance and trying to find out how to uh, do this, you know, in a healthy way. Because I remember when I, back in TBC, uh, was like one of the first times I I had gotten clean, Mm -hmm. I, literally played tbc like 24 7 like i i did not do anything else but play wow well. mm. you know i had like i was like i'm gonna get you know do every raid i'm gonna get 2300 of rating on on my priest and i'm gonna do all this and that and uh i definitely played wow well to an even uh, like a, like an, an unhealthy uh extent you know what i mean
0: unhealthy um, even for you at that point
1: yeah exactly <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah okay so um but you know as i got older Uh, And as I started to understand my addiction, it was something that I could, you know, see where, okay, if I'm going a little bit too far into this, or if I'm, you know, losing myself into this again, uh, because, you know, relapse and addiction is, is, is something that's, it's more of a state of mind than it is actually, you know, picking like it starts with a thought process, right? Mm -hmm. And that thought process is, you know, oh, I can, I can just do this for a little bit, or I can do that and it's going to be okay. And it's basically going back into the back into those old uh, habits. And, you know, so much of recovery is changing those old habits, finding new ways to cope with things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was, you know, finding out, okay, you know, I, I I do, I love this game and I want to play it, but I don't want it to consume my life again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am finding a healthy way to do that and still having healthier outlets and you know, not making it my, uh, one and only thing, you know, something that's great for with content creation is it allows me to still have that game, but do it in a healthy way where I'm, you know, being constructive. I'm being, um, you know, either whether I'm streaming, I'm, you know, maybe, you know, making money or doing whatever, you're still being constructive and you're doing something that is, you know, bettering yourself, you know, and having those, uh, those, those goals and you know something for me was important is to have those goals right you know i wanted to go back to school and get my crs i wanted to um you know get confident enough to be able to stream and and uh you know gaining that confidence and doing those things was was definitely uh easier to do when i started to play well in a way where i was you know comfortable to talk to people but also still have you know my reality where i was you know i built a relationship again with my mom and my brother i never really had a relationship A normal relationship with my mom and my brother. I never really talked to them, like really talked to them. You know what I mean? Uh, So building those relationships. Yeah, I had a lot of kind of stuff to do, man. You know, when you like get addicted, you pretty much turn your brain off to where you were. When you like, you know, I was a 13 year old kid, yeah, basically. You know, and I had to basically uh, learn how to do all these things again and how to do it in a way that wasn't um, unhealthy. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely think that you know WoW helped me in a lot of ways that I was able to learn how to have you know um, healthy uh, uh, relationships with people, and you know one one thing for me was really important was was having commitments. So Mm. like if I committed myself to something back before that meant nothing to me, you know what I mean? It meant nothing to me that I told someone that I was going to be there for a podcast that, you know, or or whatever, or it meant nothing to me that I told someone I was going to do something before them. So one thing for me was like, you know, if I'm going to sign up for this raid or whatever, I'm going to make sure that I come and I'm going to make sure that I do it. I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared and I have my consumes. And you know what I mean? (laughs) And being prepared for commitments for me was a really... You Know it was like a new frontier, so yeah. that was something that I kind of explored through. Wow, you know what I mean? Huh.
0: Um,
1: yeah, so there's and did a lot that of then percolate kind of,
0: out to the rest through the rest of your life, too?
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So if I committed to going to and speak at someone's uh meeting, you know what I mean, or, or to help someone with something, uh-huh. I made sure that I, I did that and, that and that people knew that when I put my word to something and I said I was going to do something that. I was going to do it. I mean, it's obviously something that I'm you know, still working on. I'm sure that everyone works on that yeah. kind of stuff, but um, you know, it's something that I know now that when I put my mind to something and I say that I want to, I want to do something, I I want to follow up with that. And mm-hmm. uh, as before, that was something that I never did. And I, I still struggle with that now, but I think I'm a lot better where I was uh, than yeah. where I was, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like yeah. you, you've managed to find an environment where you were able to learn some new strategies to handle the feelings that maybe when you were when you were a kid, let's be honest, mm-hmm. would have driven you to use. Um, Absolutely. So if you yeah. felt uncomfortable, but you're, but, but but by doing the kind of uh, scene shift over to, you know, uh, Nagrand or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, insert Burning Crusade zone here. Zanger um, Marsh. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the classics. Mars, yeah. yeah. Then. Mm suddenly it's like the stakes are different they don't feel as serious they don't and it, you also can kind of um detach yourself from the results a little bit too knowing that like these these things are happening to your character and exactly. although everyone is their character at least a little bit you mm-hmm. can you can practice detachment more easily sounds like
1: yep yep absolutely and i think you know looking back at that now that was definitely something that helped me right because at, at the same time you know it yeah it felt good but i knew that like hey this is uh you know, it it was like doing a model version of it first, right? Like having that little model version and then doing the real thing later. So it Mm -hmm. it just taught me how to do these things. And, and, uh, you know, it was almost like I was going to school for it or, you know, schooling, like just prepping myself for the real world, Yeah, you know, Um, which is really cool when you have a game that, has a you know a, 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 its own world, right? Because you yeah. have a lot of these things, you know how to manage money, right? Like I remember, I would just you know every time I get gold, I would spend it. You know what I mean? I would go, oh, I'm gonna buy this yeah. thing, which I still I still really I I spend gold on my alts way too quickly. mother' i gonna attest to this. I buy them friggin' epics and shit, but I like to have you know I like to have my good epics and stuff like that. Just like I had they like that, a nice, it, right? New pair of shoes or something, right? They're exactly. Um, but you know, at least I have 3000 gold now or something like that. Whereas before I would have three gold, you know, uh-huh. so I'm managing my money a little bit better. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: yeah. all about the baby steps, right? Exactly.
1: So, yes.
0: Yeah. So you got into wow. Um, and, uh, and then I, I heard, um, so this was six years ago. You said that would be about 2014 was Nostalrius yep. rocking at this time.
1: I believe it was right, okay. uh, I, I don't know if it Nost was, but I know there was. 15, 2016 was Nost, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I started. I actually started with a TBC private server. Uh, War uh, was it Phoenix WoW or uh, I did one that before Warmain, and then I started playing on Warmain, and then I started playing on uh, classic private servers like uh, mm-hmm. Lights Hope, Northdale. Kronos. You know, I had a Chronos right but Melron had started on classic private servers. I I have always been and always will be a t, like TBC is my ultimate. That's classic your, is right there. That's your nostalgia it, but, hit
0: right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, TBC is mine like I love classic, but when I really started to enjoy the game for me was TBC. Got it. Um, so, you know, I loved Playing on those TVC private servers as well. Yeah. So
0: why the jump from retail WoW over to those private servers? What what inspired you guys to do that?
2: For me, so I was this was during WOD Warlords yeah, of Yeah, you, or...
1: you stopped uh-huh. in WOD, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So WOD was like um, huh. WOD was an expansion that kind of uh, it, there wasn't a lot there, right? It was very boring. I I really really hated the uh, <laughs> the
1: garrisons. Yes, that's yeah, it. Cuz everyone was there at their gatherings, yeah. yeah. And I was really
2: bored and I, you know, someone told me to kind of look up something. Like I wish I could play Vanilla WoW again. And I like opened up a Google tab and was like, oh, I want to play how do I play Vanilla WoW?" And the Rebirth came up, which was like really old school classic Vanilla private server. Um so I started playing on that one and I was like, "Dude, this is crazy. The only thing with the Rebirth it was kind of low population. It was a little buggy. Mm-hmm. and then and then someone on the rebirth was like oh there's this thing called the Stelrius. and I'm like what so then I went on the Stelrius and I was like floored that was because, the real deal yeah. yeah like you could play vanilla well I'm like oh my god old school tears fall glades old school orgrimmar all these things that I yeah. missed because you know I after the cataclysm everything was changed so drastically um mm-hmm. so I made my first character which was a uh, undead warrior and I started my whole adventure all over again and um When Nas got shut down, eventually, I was, like, really angry and pissed. And that's when I started the channel, was literally because of that. Um, And then I went to Kronos, and then I went to Light's Hope. Yeah, I I think I played on a total of, like, seven private servers or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I
0: I know I'm asking an obvious question with an obvious response here, but what was it about shutting down the Starius that pissed you off?
2: (laughs) There was an obvious... Group of people who weren't happy about the way things were in, in retail, and wanted to kind of relive their childhood, teenage years, early twenties for me. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, wanted to too. relive, yeah. Wanted just wanted to relive that, relive that part of their life, and and kind of like go back to the more. And it is, it is simpler. It is a simpler yeah. world. Yeah. It, it's, um you know, you can find idiosyncrasy and complexity in vanilla. There's theory craft pages abound, but. Mm-hmm. It was something about, like, just being raw, like, dying to two mobs, you know, finding a blue, or finding a blue was, like, life-changing, yeah. finding a green was huge, all these things where, and the fact that Blizzard was like, nah, F you, you gotta play retail, or or, or you can't, like, you know, this is, mm-hmm. this is illegal, which it was, it, it was, it's intellectual property s- stolen, essentially, you know, but, you know, the, the fact that it was on a, it was a, it was a French server or whatever, like, a maximum of 10,000 people were playing on it. Like, come on, Blizz, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. And that's really a really small thing.
2: Out. Yeah. Yeah. But if it wasn't for Blizzard shutting NOS down, I don't know if we'd be where we are today. That's true. So,
0: right. Yeah. So what What BlizzCon was it where J. Allen Brack said, you think you do, but you don't? Was that 2017?
1: I believe <sighs> that was in um, Mists, wasn't it? Let me see if I can find. Uh, I believe that was in MOP, the, if I'm not mistaken. MOP or WAD? Uh, I'll, I'll, okay. They announced.
0: They announced Classic in 2018, mm-hmm. I believe, and I think
1: right.
0: that you think you do, but you don't. Was the year before that?
1: I think it was two years before. And maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah. No,
0: I. I you probably got it better than I do. And when was NOS shut down?
2: So when, a video on YouTube was actually uploaded in 2016. Okay. So it might. Yeah, I think the it, so if this if it, it, so the YouTube published date was 2016, so I'm guessing it was a blitz so That's a lot. That's around Wad time, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. And um what was your feeling at the time about about getting shut down and hearing things like you think you do but you don't? Um <laughs> what and, and and that was enough to get you into the content creation game or making content like isn't it's not easy. Like it, it's kind of a pain in the ass to start making content when when you're starting off from just being a gamer.
2: Um how no
0: Can yeah, you can you describe that?
2: Yeah, so <clears throat> I had no idea what I was doing. Uh-huh. Um i never made a video in my life. Uh
0: What was your first video? Uh, it was a <clears throat> It was You're literally
2: playing, right and uh yeah. It was literally me explaining like the most basic things about but, like yeah. there are four there are four races on each faction. Here they are, blah blah. But then it it became a series of videos. It was actually like, 10 series 10 videos long, each uh-huh. an hour going over like a simple guide to how do you how do you start playing classic well okay um, it's
0: gonna kind of be evangelizing
3: and,
2: it yeah basically like this is what you need to do this is what this is what a hitbox is uh you know <clears throat> all, all these things um and that's basically what I started I, I I was I researched how to do it and I found like this is the time of you know Dodgy kebab uh, um, orcbit hamster yeah. wheel Alex sensual, like the original accentual, um, like you know, all all these these are the these are the only guys in, in the game, right? These yeah. this was like by the private server people,
0: very niche at the time. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And I and I watched their videos and I was like, okay, how do how do you like the first step was how do I capture what's on my screen? Uh huh. You know, like how do I do that? So yeah. I found OBS, which is free. Um, back then OBS was just OBS. There wasn't OBS Streamlabs. It was just OBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you just. Click the button and you you put the set in. My computer was a potato at the time. As I was I was just I just moved to Kansas from a PhD and I had a really shitty computer, so it was like you know thirty frames per second maximum trying to record like what I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just talked and recorded, no editing, one take. Oh I'll yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You hear me going um uh oh, sniffling, you know everything. Um, yeah, thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that was it. Like and but but it got views, not a lot of views. But it yeah. got huge. People watched it. And I was like, holy shit, people watched what I what I put up. Yeah. And it was a niche community of private server people that were like, oh, man, this is private server people. Like, hey, but oh, well, let's, you know, let's keep playing. And that's what invigorated me to keep going was that the fact that people were watching it um, and, you know, eventually <clears throat> I got better at video editing and eventually I was like, well, maybe I should start making like certain types of videos that I want to make, like Mm-hmm. What about this type of video? What about a let's play? What about this? What about that? And I just kept messing around with, and it was just messing around, messing around, messing around. Trying stuff. Until, yeah. yeah. Until I guess um we start doing the, the Death Talk podcast. And that was like something different. Like, oh, this is an actual production um with people on it. And you know, and then like cargos came into the game. Like Cargo's reached out to us when we had like sub five thousand subscribers and was like, hey you know, we should do something together. We should collab. We should do this. We should do that. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's That was our ticket because other than uh, otherwise, like I wouldn't have, when you meet someone like cargoes and when you meet other people in the community,
4: mm-hmm.
2: not only does it make you feel like, wow, this is, this is awesome, but it also makes Motivated. you up your yeah. game up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right?
1: Because so Cargos now hustles. I
2: have, yeah, he yeah. does. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: But he also shows you how to hustle, right? He's yeah. like, this is how you improve this partner. Yeah. This is how you improve this. He's a community yeah. guy. Yeah. 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 If it wasn't for that, you know, even like, even like, way back in the day, Svan would showed showed me how to, uh, <clears throat> showed me how to like edit things on Streamlabs OBS so they would like be like shrunk and I like, can yeah,
1: yeah. and all
2: yeah. these things like right. these guys who are big now, you know, back like, when
1: S-Fan was like only doing like private server stuff, yeah, yeah. S-Fan. This is how met all these guys yeah. was back then. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it wasn't for those guys. Even Alexential, I know, I know. <laughs> He's you know out there, but he.
0: The helped us
1: a lot? Yeah, yeah.
0: What's the story with Alex Sensual? I don't actually know that that
1: name. He's <sighs> just very outspoken. Uh, he was one of the original yeah. four, yeah. like private server dudes. Yeah. Um. Well, there's a lot more to Alex than that, I guess.
2: Yeah. Cool. But I'm. Well, I was going to keep going, but okay. like he was yeah. one of the private server dudes. Um.
1: <sighs> Alex is like. He's like a bear in a little cage.
2: He's very opinionated and <laughs> he tends to polarize his audiences. Okay. He's very outspoken. He's very—he's a showman a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But but he did watch our videos on his on his streams and promoted mm-hmm. them yeah. and promoted us and said <laughs> these are good videos and I I can't deny that that helped us huge. I you think know?
1: overnight yep. we got like three thousand subs or something like yeah, that. Some yeah. Stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: A big big signal boost.
2: Yeah. The channel doesn't really exist anymore, but but it did for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. But we were we were very
1: much like there was a big community game, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. But during that time there were kind of like uh and there still are, right? Like um uh, clicks, you know what I mean? And certain clicks didn't really mix with certain clicks, and we wanted Uh, to be like anti-click, we wanted to just talk to everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, yeah. Even
1: though some people didn't get along with other people, but you know, there's a little political stuff sometimes when it comes to that, but I feel like a lot of that has kind of gone away now, um, and it's just everyone's kind of in it. Hopefully, I think I think so at least. It feels it together, like, a, you know, well, yeah. the, the classic
0: community of creators and everything else is so much more huge. Like
1: exactly, it has yeah. been
0: massively legitimized by the introduction right. of classic,
3: right.
1: right? Yeah, huge. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and Meldron, You know, at first I was playing, uh, I was playing Legion. And um, the only thing that was keeping me in Legion was my guild. You know, I, I hated okay. the fact that I was doing mythic dungeons and people were doing LFR and getting Titan Forge gear that was the same item level as I was. You know, as mine. Mm. I hated the fact that that you know it, there were so many issues that I hated about Legion. There were so many things about retail that felt wrong. Uh, that it didn't felt rewarding enough. That it didn't felt uh, didn't feel. Excuse me. Uh, like I was really um, you know. Except, but I did like the challenge of the uh, the raids. I did like the challenge um as a healer at least mm-hmm. uh, but i was not connected with my character i was not um really having fun you know and and i was there only there showing up for my guild and uh, Melron, you know, said, "Hey, you know, Matt, like, listen, we're, uh, we know, there's this come to know, the wild stuff. side stuff. Yeah, come to the dark side. Yeah." Uh, and so I did. And uh, actually, I actually started off with a TBC uh, private server, and right. I was like, "I'm going to make my own channel. It's going to focus on TBC pre stuff." And then he's like, "Dude, why don't we just merge our channels?" Uh. I was like, "Okay, fine, let's do that." And so <laughs> yeah, just, like, originally, <laughs> originally, I
2: was like, "You should make your own videos." And then after yeah. like, "Why yeah, the hell yeah. we have two different channels? This is stupid." Yeah. So then me just put everything on one. Like it was a uh, very, very short-lived. But but event but at some at one point there was it was called Melderon TV or Melderon Gaming. Yeah, Melderon Gaming, Melderon TV, and then it was Def Camp TV, and then we just said, let's just call it Def Camp Melderon TV. So then yeah, we yeah I don't know. Yeah. And then we just merged our very few videos that Def had, and we just kind of yeah and then we start yeah. building it, and we start building out from there. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was fun. I mean, content creation's uh, a lot of fun. I wish I had more time to do more. I look at these guys that, I mean, Willie, he pumps videos out every week. Sometimes yeah. multiple per week. Mm-hmm. Mad season, dwelled, cargos. It's just like there's so many other things that I have to do with work and with, honestly, and running guild.
1: yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know.
2: But it was never supposed to be, content creation was never supposed to be a job for me. And so it was always supposed to be a hobby. Uh-huh. And okay. that's what I want to keep it. I want to keep it a hobby because I feel like when it's your job, you start to resent things and I don't want to resent mm-hmm. my job. I don't want to, res- I don't think that's true for You don't anyone, want to make your
0: passion a job.
2: Yeah. I because I don't, I don't want to have to like sit there and be like, I have to do this today or I won't, won't be able yeah. to eat or, or pay my rent. Like, no, I I can't. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. I, I was yeah. talking
0: to cargoes about this. I interviewed him like a month ago or so about, uh, you yeah, know, he was the, me, yeah. about the tension of, um how you know, for me, I'm I'm in baby stage of all this stuff. I've only been streaming this year, I've only been doing the podcast for this year. Still a very small audience, but like and, and I have a nine to five. This is not not that my, my highest priority, but I love this. It's so fun. I I can't stop doing it. Um and I have these moments of fantasizing about just doing this. Me too, and dude. The idea of replacing my, my job, which is a good job, with, yeah. with this, it seems pretty impossible, and I I, I showed that constant when the cargos, and he's like, screw it, you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you, he, you, you can do it, here's some ideas. Which mm-hmm. sounds like, is what you guys experienced with him, too.
2: If you yeah. ever want yeah. to be talked into anything. <laughs>
3: just have- okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He will make anything sound like yeah. the best idea, and that's good, that's, a, that's great, he's a great, uh-huh. po- that's a positive uh, force to have. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: very motivational. He's yeah. a real activator, I feel like. Yes, yeah, oh yeah, he is,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, he is. yeah, he he is. Is. yeah
2: yeah he is He's a good um player. but yeah i you know it's it's one of those things like I, it's like, everything in life if you want it you gotta just you gotta go for it and put you gotta it go
1: for it man you gotta you gotta and, life is too short yeah and
2: for me it's like i could i could go all all, all out beast mode and start like producing stuff every day
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, but i just feel i know me and i would i, I would get to a point where i'd be like i, I would get burned out and i just mm-hmm. feel like hey i'd rather have that nine to five have this as an additional source of inspiration, not just income, but like inspiration and (laughs) and creativity, you know?
1: Yeah. The good thing is there's two of us. Right. And, and, you know, I had taken a little break, uh, break from streaming, but I plan on, uh, coming back. And, you know, the good thing is that if we both kind of, you know, Melron, you know, does the videos and I do the streaming thing, we can kind of, you know, work together. So that's good. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's a good part about there being two of us. Um, and we, we actually have a lot of stuff in the works for TBC. I know I'm really passionate about TBC. I know Meldron is. Uh, we both have videos, ideas, and, and things that we're working on um, for TBC. So um, I, I, I am sure there's going to be a big explosion of content uh, from everyone, including right. ourselves, um, You know, once TBC is announced, which mm-hmm. I hope is at this virtual BlizzCon.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. see. When's that happening? Is it January?
1: Uh, January? January? it's next february, year though. right yeah it's next year yeah
0: after things settle down from from shadowlands
1: and everything shadowlands yeah 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 which yeah. you know I'm, I'm still very cautious about a lot of people were getting really hyped about shadowlands february, i was always I'm sorry very cautious about it february 9th 19th february 9th. And the, oh 19th, 19th. okay, 19th okay. okay. 19th and the 20th. Yep. okay
0: yeah well, but yeah well yeah yeah that'll be a moment um and b- before, before I, g- I touch on that, though, I, I want to ask you, you, Def, um, what's your perspective on work-life balance for this stuff? H- how so do you handle for, it? Is this a yeah. primary for you or is it a passion?
1: So for me, I'm trying to make the transition into mm-hmm. making it a primary. Cool. Um, yeah, because uh, unfortunately, coronavirus has kind of affected my job very much, mm-hmm. um, uh, whereas I can't, you know, I couldn't really work on site anymore. So I was only taking calls uh, through Zoom and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I had some issues with, um, just some personal stuff going on. And I, I you know, I want to try to give that push, uh, to myself to really start to get the streaming thing up and running. There's a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I want to try to achieve, um, that I'm working up to. So, uh, hopefully for me, within the very near future, I can kind of make that, that, that dream a reality and, and, uh, and become, um, you know what i what i the goal that i have is to basically you know make this uh primary thing for me because i do enjoy streaming a lot um but you know for someone like myself where i do have you know some like you know i struggle with having you know Tourette's and stuff like that sometimes it can be challenging hmm. when you have a bunch of people watching you and you're you know having ticks and stuff like that you can monetize
0: uh, Tourette's though it's out yeah, there i know uh I know examples
1: anita, yeah anita um uh, sweet anita and stuff like that but you know, it, it's something that personally, for me, that I I have to kind of like overcome and you know get mm-hmm. move past. And I think I I have, um, but you know, it's it's weird with something like Tourette's. It's it it can spark up and like it, you know, it's not that bad for a while, and then uh, a certain time of year or whatever, it can spark back up and just you know have like really bad ticks and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I was recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, for me, I, I really I really want to. uh um, I, like I said, I love streaming. I love the community that we have. We have an awesome community. What do you love about streaming? Um,
0: what grabs I, you about it?
1: I really like uh just being myself, like on stream, <laughs> and people accepting me for that. Like, um, so I, I do have a lot of people that um really support me and uh, and are very very uh, awesome people that you know come back and they'll they'll you know watch no matter what I'm doing. I think for me is i want to try and um make sure that the content that i'm putting you know because like it's hard right because i you know i was doing the hardcore thing but i'm also you know running a guild Mm -hmm. and i was trying to find out like where's the balance what can i do um and and I, i you know i was trying to you know it's weird with streaming right because i want you want your content to be um to be good right you want your content to be uh exciting you want your content to be Mm -hmm. um you know something that people are going to want to show up for over and over again and you know whether you're doing something that you're passionate about or you're doing something that um you know might not be you know for me sometimes setting up raid and doing all this other stuff it it might not be what people want to watch right so it's something that you know you try to figure out okay what's something that i like doing so that i'm not just Putting on a play, right? Because I, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to just, yeah. you know, stream whatever I'm doing and then not feeling like you're good about it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. People so, see through it too.
1: Exactly. And so you exactly. And I I want to make sure that I'm actually enjoying myself when I'm streaming. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm doing something that I want to do. Um, and I think that's very important for, for for me at least. Right. I know there are streamers out there who can who can just you know p- flip a switch and you know put on a show and this that, and another. But um, for me, I, I you know, you can ask Melder and it's like, you see what you get. You know, I'm, I'm sometimes I curse like crazy. Sometimes I say stupid stuff and, uh, sometimes I talk about, you know, whatever. And, but that's what makes me, that's, Twitch
0: great though.
1: Yeah, it is. Authenticity it is. And, and is the name of the game. Exactly. Exactly. So that's something that I, I really strive for and, and want to, uh, continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, having some discussions about TBC. That's something that I really want to do. Um, very soon is, you know, have some TV because before Classic WoW came out, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed just discussing uh, Classic and just talking about it. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of things that I'm really passionate about come TBC that I don't that I want to see hopefully happen. And you know, I, I don't want to see a lot of the same issues that we have in Classic now in TBC. You know, when it comes to the uh, the faction balance and things like that. So there's a lot of things. That what I do you think stream...
0: the biggest problems are in Classic right now? Mm. Sorry, big okay. question. Num-
1: yeah. No, number one. to hear from both probably, you guys too. Yeah. Well, number one, one of the biggest things I I think from day one was the server sizes and the mega server sizes. I think there was a huge issue with um, not having enough servers at first and making those servers too big. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we had lettering. I think that's why we have, you know, so many bots that can hide in servers. Now we have these huge mega servers where you have 99% of uh, Ford versus Alliance. Um, So that plus I feel like Blizzard is it taking enough of an active role in classic? I think that there's no reason why I should, I should have to uh, report a bot 17 times, you know what I mean? For like 17 different days that I see him. Um, Or, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like they could take a lot more seriously Mm -hmm. with classic. They just Um, laid the gauntlet down
0: on, on input broadcasting software. Is that what they call it? A.k.a. multi-boxing. Is that gonna have an impact on bots? Potentially,
1: yes, I think so. Yeah, not, a good not thing. huge, but not huge impact, but single yeah. bot,
2: right? So, yeah. or maybe even his single bot, because I think that so someone in my guild knows a lot more about this than I do, and was trying to explain how it would. It, it's going to affect most multi boxers uh, and a good amount of botters, but okay. it won't affect every multi boxer because there's ways you can do it without the software, apparently,
3: mm-hmm. and then the hardware. Are
2: really yeah yeah and then blizzard made a statement this multi-boxing is not bannable right right after this mm. so it was like we hmm. banned a specific type of software um HLHL, like in i wonder
0: why it. they did it then what do you guys think
2: i think I, it,
1: yeah go ahead I, on. Yeah.
2: I don't i don't know
1: i think it's to discourage it i, I that's kind of what i'm thinking maybe to discourage uh multi-boxing i think they should take a little bit of a harder route on it i think uh Anytime you see five characters, you know, doing the same, like, you know, fire blast, you know, multiboxing in, in the traditional sense. Right. Whereas um, you see, you know, five people it, it, doing the same spell. You know, it, it's it's very easy to you know see when someone's kind of using it to exploit the game. Right. Um, whether it's, you know, killing an entire raid or whether it's, uh, you know, just farming out this entire zone with multiboxers, uh, farming out, you know, strat. Um, mm-hmm. or i'm sorry skull for like runes and shit like that uh i think there's a really big problem in that in that terms like where you know you can see that someone by having five accounts is is more powerful than someone that only has one mm-hmm. it's a pay-to-win um you know aspect of the game that i don't think should be allowed at all so i don't know if they're only doing it to try to discourage it to try to discourage uh multi-boxers but i think they should just put a hard hammer down and just not allow I think multiple uh, accounts is okay. Like, that's fine. But using multiple accounts to... Simultaneously. Um, you know, simultaneously to make your, you know, characters, you know, unkillable, whatever, mm-hmm. to get a, a, a step up in the game. Uh, I think that should not be allowed.
2: Yeah, so apparently, I'm reading up on it now, apparently it was, it was more directed towards botting, not multiboxing. So... Multi-boxing or playing multiple World of Warcraft accounts at once is not a violation of our terms of service. Please know, however, that the use of input broadcasting software may, may result in account penalties. So what they're saying was these changes have not have not made multi-boxing against TOS. What they effectively have accomplished is that Blizzard will start watching your input methods by players. This is relevant because many full-out bots or players using automation software usually have their input coming from a separate broadcasting software, not the hardware. Right i think it was more of a bot thing than anything yeah. else yeah interesting um,
0: I, I know that i was guilty back in the the old days of using auto hotkey to mm. essentially make a one button rotation yeah, Or i i had yeah. one button i would press that would try to press all my rotation keys and it would just do whatever yeah. was off cooldown yeah um sure. i mean sure. th- that's a pretty innocuous use of it but it sounds like that would be one of the things that would be getting hit by this potentially
2: potentially yeah. But but I ask, but I'm wondering, how can you multi-box without some kind of a broadcast, right? How do you tell multiple instances of Wow to do this, to, to choose something? I don't know. It's a little above my uh, understanding, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Um. Someone from the chat, AL Gaming, is pointing out, is suggesting that uh, this change yeah. might, might okay. be more, yeah, yeah uh, more targeted towards retail. And the fact yeah. there, yeah. like he, he specifically suggested the, um, the fact that you that multiple people can all loot the same ore and mineral. Uh, whereas, opposed on whereas in classic uh, realms, like only the first person to hit it gets a tap, right? I guess retail that's well, different.
2: You can have, so, well, you can multiple, so multiple people can tap the same node, but but it but it but it, it has removes, a
1: limited spawn, yeah, limited
2: spawn. So, like, okay. say I I hit it, I hit it, then Def hits it, and it was only a two hit tap. node, yeah.
1: yeah, I would get
2: one, Def get one, and then it would disappear. Mm. Whereas in retail, I think you know as long as it's still up. And yes. They never despawn, right? They just kind of sit there. For- no,
1: they, they despawn after one tap, but you get everything after one tap. You get all the mats from one right. tap.
2: So, so I guess you can multiple yeah. people hit it at the same time. Yeah, ten okay. people okay. hit it
1: all the t- at the same time. Ten people all get the ore, exactly. Okay. Also, I shout got. out to yeah. Al. That's Al from our uh, guild, also word, word. from Onslaught. So yeah. we love you, Al. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, bots certainly have seemed to be, I, I, I. When, when I was coming into Classic, so I, I used to played Classic for a couple months, right, when it came out. I, I told you guys earlier I stopped at Anixia. Um but I watched it as it went on, and I, I specifically stopped the day before Phase 2, which is another conversation that we could have, um, although we don't have to. The um, I was surprised about hearing all the reports of the bots running the economy for this game, and about how, and I, I saw a really excellent, I wish I could remember if it was a video or an article, or someone described the whole life cycle of bots, where they talked about bots put items, uh, they, they they farm the economy, they make it impossible for people to actually farm things themselves, so you have to buy things. And in order to buy things, you need gold. And in order to get gold, what people are doing, apparently, and maybe you guys can tell me if you've experienced this, is it's hitting these uh, GDKP, gold DKP rates, where the idea yeah. is, rather than having DKP total up for members who play, which is the classic DKP, right? Mm -hmm. and so it's a show of loyalty and of actual time investment. Gold is your DKP, and so basically you auction the items off and they get distributed among the whole raid. So you have one whale who has RMT'd 30,000 gold to get a Drake Fang Talisman or whatever the hell they want, and then that gets split uh, 39 ways at the end of the raid. At the end of the raid. And that's how people make money to buy consumables because they can't farm them because the fucking bots, which are selling their stuff, I mean, it's it's a whole fucked up cycle.
1: Yeah, GDKPs well, are pretty cool. Yeah, um, but it does allow people that have a lot of gold to, you know, get items, which you know, I mean, I, I maybe, mean, you know. I don't know. I have the opposite
2: stance on this. I've never done the GDKP, GK, GDKP, and you know what? I don't know. Like, I I spent some time farming today. I farmed Dire Maul. I I farm out in the Badlands. I farm everything, everything. Like, I don't spend. You money do it all yourself. All. I do it all myself. And it's doable. Number one and number mm. two, these bots are so so poorly scripted mm. that you can outcompete them easily. Like, I'll I'll run to the Badlands and I'll see this this hunter and I'll know within a millisecond whether it's a bot or not because they yep. like they like keyboard turn and they like you know and I'm just like And the name, <laughs> no guild, the name. Yeah. All I do is like on my warrior, I'll just or on my hunter, I'll just tag everything, and then they just finish them off for me. And I'll just like, let him farm for me, or then I'll I'll like charge in on my warrior and do the same thing, and I love it because like I I hate bots, right? So what I do is I'm I, as long as I know I'm wasting their time, uh-huh. I, I'm very happy, right? So then <laughs> and I report them, and I report them, right? So I do all of this, and um, I don't know, I I, I, I I see people's argument that it's hard, like because of the bots, but then I just say go out there and just outproduce them, like they're very easy to outproduce. Yeah. It, now instances that's different. They they can do instances way more effectively than a single player can, right? Because they're all multi-boxing, multiple mages or whatever. Mm. Um, but I have a hunter, and I can do so. I can solo DM East and stuff like that. So, but I do it all myself. Um,
0: so it, it sounds yeah. like what you're maybe suggesting is that the idea of this 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 RMT GDKP farming bots like uh, kind of life cycles maybe perhaps a bit overstated, and not as dominant as maybe others would lead one to believe
1: yeah well i i'm just saying that i think people how big of a problem is it the bots a huge it's huge yeah i mean how much of the yeah. economy
0: yeah. is driven by by ai and how much of it is driven by people who are playing the game what's your impression It's hard
1: to know but i think um especially like lotuses like we have bots that can literally just fucking i don't know how they do it fly in the air to different lotus spawns they um, tell yeah they teleport so a lot of the lotuses i would say are from bots a lot of the you know maybe arcane crystals a lot of the dark runes mm-hmm. uh anything that's farmed in dungeons you know what i mean like most of them are probably i don't know if most of them are from for bots i see a lot of bots farming in places where there is like a high drop rate for you know certain things like uh um edge masters you know what i mean uh so mm-hmm. you know a couple of the edgies in the in the in the uh in the in the auction house could be from bots Mm. it's hard to to know for sure but they're everywhere you you do a slash shoe scolo and you just see a list of bots that are in there right Um, yeah you know so yeah
2: it it makes things i I can understand why people hate it because like let's say like uh, uh, righteous words right people used to run strat Mm. and to farm these things to make real money right but there's so many bots now that that the rage sword prices has deflated to like five gold a piece mm-hmm. so I, I see the frustration like I get it right but there are other farms and I guess it's like
0: I I they are not good for up. bots
2: yeah and I, I just would I just wouldn't give up on it like find something that does work because I just would hate to have to join a dK I mean I can't I mean I because I, 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 I'm I'm raid locked so yeah. I only
1: raid on one character so I mm-hmm. can never do that um so I'd rather yeah, yeah. Go out there.
2: Form, you know the, like the that's-
1: shitty thing about i saw there was a there was a, a mage um uh who did a gd they did a gdkp uh aq and a mage just out of spite bought death sting which is the dagger from uh a, uh c'Thun which is oh, like, rogue, rogue like yeah. rogues, right. and he just bought it because he had to have seen him out of gold you know what mm-hmm. i mean just to be a dick like yeah you know things like that do happen then you like someone in chat said you have people who potentially might buy gold just so they have the gold to go into gdkps and buy what they want to buy mm-hmm. um but you know like i have seen some gdkps that end up uh, you know pretty good people are pretty happy at the end of it um you know uh, there are just obscenely expensive items though like onslaught girdle that everyone's trying to get and people's end up paying it you know uber's amount of money for and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah it can be it can get kind of crazy yeah it can Yeah, hundred percent. yeah
2: but yeah. it's a problem, and, and I think they should they, they, they need to do something about it for TBC or it's going to be worse, uh, or, or just as bad. Not worse, but just yeah. as bad.
0: Hopefully this is one of those things that can help. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah. um, I want to respect your guys' time, um, and uh, I, I know you guys have other things to do. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you guys sure. have going on in the world of content and streaming?
2: So tomorrow at 12.40 Eastern time, 12.40 p.m., oh. uh, so the afternoon, Ale, who's in the chat, uh, Twitch.tv/slash Ale Gaming, uh, is going to be covering us doing a five-man dungeon speedrun con- competition. Um, and I, the person who's running that, let me just make sure I plug the right person here. Is, um, <clears throat> sorry, oh, God, I can't find his name. Anyway, so maybe Ale can put it in the chat while we're talking. But so essentially, what it is, it's, it's a five-man dungeon. Again, it, mm-hmm. it. Apparently, this is the second time he's ever done it. The mm. first time there was no class like distinctions, you can have like multiple uh, Duranosaur. That's that's the person's got it. Um, you can have multiple the same class. So, I think the the class the comp that won was like four warriors and a shaman. Surprise, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's not it's not kind of fun, you it's know. Kind of boring. So, now, yeah. yeah, So, now this time they're doing only one Once. of each class. Yeah. Yeah. So, Good. our comp's going to be a uh, warrior, uh, who's ale, um, Def Camp the priest, myself as a shaman. Uh, and uh, Buzz, who's our hunter, and Slumber Party, our rogue, and we're all, we're gonna do this at 12:40. Our goal is to get in there and blow out Diamond West. You only have to kill two bosses in there, so you have to be kind of know the dungeon and know how to bypass mm-hmm. certain things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and we're gonna prep for that. So we actually we copied our we got our characters world buffs. We're gonna copy our characters over to the classic PTR, and we're gonna actually practice it tonight before we do yeah. it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is yeah. so
0: beautifully we, we, nerdy. I love it. Yeah, do. Yeah, got to go hard
1: sometimes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah, go hard cool. sometimes. yeah and are you guys competing
0: against other five-man teams? Yes.
1: yes. Yeah. The prize is uh, I think what 150 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We, we care about yeah. we care about yeah. the bragging rights more. Yeah, we, want, we want the bragging rights. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. The good
0: stuff. Well, it sounds like a good time. I, I wish you guys luck, and uh, I hope your practice Thank goes you. well. um Where can folks find you guys um on the internet?
2: So Meldoron YouTube be, yeah. is Def Camp and Melderon TV. So it's Def Camp the N percent and then Melderon TV. Um, Twitter is Def underscore MelTV. Twitch is uh twitch.tv slash def camp.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I have twitch.tv slash melderon, but I rarely, really, ever stream unless it's like something I need to do for something. Um and that's about it. We also have like a podcast. So if you go to like your favorite podcast provider and type in Def Camp and Melderon, um you can find uh you can find like our podcast right we have a podcast um so if you go to like spotify and type in death camp melderon our podcast will pop up too which is basically gma which we do with which we do with car- car- cargos yeah. um any of the longer content we do on our channel that's kind of like an audio uh interview like with ale we've done a few or uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. It's GMA and anything we do on our own YouTube channel. We also re rehost on our podcast. That, that's a, Word. that's a podcasty type thing, right? Like not a, not a guide, but yeah. Right.
0: Right. Got it.
1: Got it. And it's, then, it's people uh, go
0: find your stuff. Go on.
1: Uh, classic wild. Live is a, uh, is a website that, yes. uh, we have all worked on and, you know, mostly, uh, uh AL and Meldron and, uh, Navic egregious, uh, cargoes, those guys, um, it's, uh, you know, has some cool tools. There's a, uh there's a, um, uh, a gear planner that you can use. There's nice. a uh, leveling uh, you know um, uh, guide and stuff like that. So it's a really cool uh, tool as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. we focus on more high-end guides. And we, we, not to say we want to be elitist jerks, but we, we, we want to focus on kind of the minutia, like a little bit of theory crafting and mm-hmm. stuff. And something that's a little bit more non-basic, something you wouldn't find on Classic Wildhead, which we try to specialize in stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On Classic Wild Live. At least for T B C we're gonna be transitioning to more of that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys both for taking the time to come talk to me. This is really fun. Thanks for of- being open and honest about all this stuff. Wow, and health and everything else. Absolutely. Um, and uh good luck in your competition. Um, and of course in uh next ramist, burning crusade yeah. and things to come.
2: Thank you. How How we're gonna I? need it for next. Saffron's Saffron's gonna be a B. We're gonna
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't wait though. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wait. I'm ready for a challenge. Yep. All right. Well,
0: have fun, and thanks everyone for listening. Um, I'm I'm Deeg, host of Basement Aside Chats. This is the podcast, uh, Deeg BS on YouTube, Deeg TV on Twitch, and uh, I got a Discord if you want to stay updated and everything. Uh, I'll see you guys around.
2: Thank you. Okay. And we'll we'll love to come back on at some point as well. So Excellent. Thanks, bro. Look forward to that. Yeah.
1: Have a good You'll one. Keep on and grind. Take care. See you.